The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. Good googly moogly. So Duncan Trussell and I, the other night, we worked at the uh, Comedy Magic Club. We had a great time. Very fun. And then um, I I drove Duncan back to his house, and we sat around, and we uh, we watched a bunch of TV together, which is something I never get to do, man. Well, not even TV. We watched the internet. And I got to watch uh, some of Doug's stuff. I got to watch uh, Doug Pound, Pound House. Really, really fucking funny stuff. Yeah. We were laughing really hard. How many did we watch? At least four or five, a right? A bunch, man. We went through a bunch. It's so good because you just want to eat it because it's got like a through line happening and you just want to keep seeing what happens next. It's yeah. so weird. I don't get that many chances to like hang like that when, if I'm not on the road. You yeah. know, we don't have obligations. I don't have to be somewhere. So after the show, that was so fun. That was so fun to do. Yeah, man. That was a blast. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so weird how easy it is in Los Angeles to just get sort of like reclusive and separated or you, you, that stuff doesn't happen that much. And it's, it was a blast. It doesn't happen as much as it Well, we're just all, everyone's so self-involved. We're all so busy. And, and we're, we're adults. Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's face it. It's not like we're 16 year olds. We can't like, you don't get a chance to get reclusive. What do you mean? Is that what you were saying? No, no, no. He's saying you get you reclusive. Get you reclusive. don't get a chance to hang. You don't get a chance to hang. Because, oh, okay, right. Because people get so sucked into their business and their jobs and their families. and Yeah. You, it really becomes, there's that, that old cliche that really does hold true. It's like, what, what's more valuable to you, money or happiness? Because sometimes you do have to make that sort of distinction. Yeah. Like, you have to say, look, I, I could use some more money, but you know what? I will have a great fucking time if I hang out with my friends right now. Right. Like, what, how, much, what, how much should I spend trying to collect money? How much should I spend hanging out with my friends? Because it seems like the friends part makes me happier. So, like, how do you figure that out? And along the line, I think a lot of us get obligations and mortgages and what have you that start yes. leaning you towards the money side instead of towards the fun side. And that's, like, really what turns people into old men. Yes, that's how you get you know? all hunched, hunched down and sick. Yeah, I like to uh, say no to jobs. I, <laughs> I'm a, I'm, I, my main gig is, like, editing. And uh, it's hard to say no to a job when they're offering you money. And it, right. Yeah. But you work a lot. I, I've been working too much the last few years, but now... I came to this realization that I got to start saying no to jobs. Now I'm here. I have today off, and I can come and do this. Yeah. yeah. It's this fun. fun. It's fun to just be able to chill, to have a day off. That's one of the things that I, I kind of really scared me about doing that sci-fi show again. It was like, I don't want to be in that position again where I'm just like, every minute of every day is completely filled up. That's, that's, not, that's not enjoyable, you know? No. It's not enjoyable to be that busy. Like, that shit could fuck with your head. But- At a certain point in time, your brain wants a break. Needs a break, and you. But then, when you're working on stuff that you want to be working on, that's your own thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like work at all. It just feels, I don't know, like exactly. something completely different. And that's what it's all about. I like going into that zone, but then you have to stop that zone and just do nothing for a while. Yeah, you can't only be in like right. crazy work mode. Right. Yeah, you got to. That's very smart of you that you got to recover because some people don't get that and they get frazzled, or then they find Adderall. Yeah. No, then they start hating their work. (laughs) They hate what they're doing. Yeah, that can happen too, for sure. Or even worse, when they're not working, they start feeling guilty when they're not working all the time because they're so used to that. So even when they get a break, that break is just riddled with this sense of despair and guilt and Mm -hmm. like, oh, fuck, man, I hope hope the next job comes. I used to totally be like that with vacations. I could never enjoy vacations. I couldn't just relax. 
couldn't just sit around. I think I should be doing something right now. Yeah, Fuck, I can't I should... enjoy vacations. Most, I mean, they're mostly a pain in the ass, especially when you travel. Yeah, like a trip. So now I think a being on vacation is staying at home and like trimming a bush or something. Like for me, that's that's relaxing. Right. Well, that's because you work so much. I think if you got tired of the same spot, though, a real vacation is fun. Vacations are fun if you're going with the right people. You know, as long as they're not work too, and you can all enjoy each other's company so much, you forget about the work aspect yeah. of like hug, hauling all the luggage and all the bullshit yeah. and going to the airport. And, but if you could, if you go on vacation with people that you really love and that are fun to be with, it's really fun. Yeah, it's a blast. Yeah, it's really fun. And if you can get a, away from a place that has cell phone service, so at you, least you can, you can dip out. That. You can dip out of it for a little bit. My friends are too junkified. They're never gonna do that. I can't. <laughs> but you I'm can hooked. pick. A, you can pick an, a place that's you know that's gonna be off their grid. Well, my friend Steve doesn't have a phone at all. He doesn't. Ha- he doesn't have a phone. Doesn't use. Does a he phone. have a landline? Wow. Doesn't. Do, no. Does you know, he have a he pager? Has, his wife has phones. She has a phone. She actually works for Google. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. Crazy. You know, she has these dope ass Google phones, and um, he's he's very bright guy, very smart guy. Um, but he just feels like the intrusion. I mean, he's a professor at Stanford. He feels like the intrusion of technology in his life is unacceptable, and he won't accept it. And I really love the fact that he's like that. You know, it's, it's one of those contrarian things that sometimes is annoying when people go, I don't even have a TV. But yeah. with this guy, I know what he's really all about. He really is a brilliant guy who's thought this through. And it was like, fuck you. My no, friend you Brent. find me every minute of every day. Yeah, yeah, my friend Brent Weinbach doesn't have a, fo- a cell phone. He really? only has a landline and an answering machine. Good for him, man. Look, if you could pull it off, good for you. I can't pull it off, though. I'd love it. I know. Sometimes I'm sitting there look, hanging out with him, and I'm looking at my phone, and I look over at him. I'm, I'm like, he's just content just having his surroundings just being in that. Yeah, he's better than us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm like, I love my phone. I'm not going to get rid of it. But Look, he wins, okay? But, but we win because we get phones. <laughs> yeah, you get to be the guy that everybody talks about. He lives on the mountain. He chops wood. He, he doesn't have water. He gets his water from the river. I get the fuck out of here. He doesn't flaunt it. I'm not yeah. saying he flaunts it. No, but I'm not, the guy in the mountain doesn't either. Everybody talks about him. Oh, right. So yeah, he wins because they know he's up it. there. He becomes legend. Brett you know, I've been, 2014. I've been listening to that Pressfield book, The War of War Art again. Yeah. He says that checking your phone over and over again is resistance to the artistic impulse because you you can't handle the fact that you're all of this stuff wants to come out of you and it's painful when it comes out or it's just intense. So you try to avoid that by looking at your phone all the time because it keeps you from seeing. What if Twitter is your art? Yeah, but is it really? That's a very good point. No, for some people it is. Jenny High Five, for her it is. She well, she says hilarious shit. Um, uh, any comedian who's making jokes on there, yeah. I mean, I was sort of making a joke there, but it is some truth to that. Like, my friend, my friend Slash Lean, you met her from uh, Toronto. Yeah. Do you did Toronto with me? Did you do Toronto? Did you, no, you did Chicago. I've heard you of did her. Did Chicago with me? You never met her. I've met her. She's very funny, but she's just an internet comedian. I mean, right. she she's never gone on stage. Like she was like trying to work her way to getting on stage and and doing it, but she had like some health problems. She broke her hip, and they have to like take some rods out of her hip. It's like a real thing where she can't walk for like a long time after they do the operation. She's putting it off. Um, but she's fucking hilarious. She's got a shitload of Twitter followers, and it's all just that. 
So in that sense, he can't be right about that because she has like a regular job sure. and she does use okay, Twitter as her art. I think there's, yeah, of course, there's some like <laughs> digital artist or something. I'm just being a dick about <laughs> but, semantics. But I think that like there's a kind of processing that goes on in your life where mm-hmm. you're absorbing stuff, you're seeing things and hearing things. A lot of the stuff you don't even know you're seeing and hearing and it's pro- something inside of you is kind of processing. And then when you like are always looking at the internet, not tweeting those moments where you aren't making those great. But what if you're absorbing news stories on... and stuff? That's that's not a bad thing. What's that? What if you're reading things and learning news stuff? Well, because the things that you're reading are often like you're absorbing this kind of like. Did you see how a computer generated the first news story about the earthquake? It just spit mm-hmm. out a news story about the earthquake. Yeah. Like it's computer, and it looked like a person wrote it. it. Just it's that easy to mimic that kind of writing. But that kind of writing is like so empty. It's empty calories. Where if you start absorbing other shit, like really good writing, like really, really good writing or awesome nonfiction, like that Truman Capote book, In Cold Blood, if you mm-hmm. start like bringing that stuff in, then that whatever is processing inside of you, those are the ingredients. You know what I mean? It's like you're. I see what you're saying. You're you're providing yourself with richer ingredients yeah. to flavor your life with. To flavor whatever that next bout of inspiration is you know the next thing that comes out of you do you want it to be flavored with lifeless cnn articles about the fucking malaysian plane disappearing mixed in with like reddit today i learned that there's one chicken in cuba do you like that shit's cool (laughs) but you gotta like pepper it with some it's nice to have other yeah then you get the the book reader app and you get in cold blood on your phone well, yeah, I'm, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about an Audible book. You're talking about Audible.com. Anyway, how amazing it is yeah. to use Audible.com. Uh, you are, no, look, you're totally right. You're totally right. I agree with you, but I don't think it's an e- I don't think it's a one or the other thing. I think no. it's both. I think for sure there's a lot of times when I'm distracting myself when I'm looking at my phone. But there's other times where I'm actually like writing in a way. Right. You know, because like someone will say something, I'll say, what's a funny thing to say back to that? Huh. And then I'll come up with something. Right. Like, I'm exercising my create, And I'm also interacting with people, which I think is important. I really do. I think, th- at the very least, putting stuff out there, it's like, it's very important. It's yeah. very important that people, if someone wants to like you, they want to like you for your comedy, or they want to like you for, you know, videos that you put online, and they know you, and they like you, actually, like you, like you. Like, they like you from you talking, and they like you from you writing things on Twitter. Like, there's a connection there. You know, that I think is valuable for all of us. You know, I get a lot out of other people's tweets. I get a lot out of other people's blogs. I get a lot out of other people's podcasts, you know. It's not just something that you and I are a part of, like, the distribution of it. We receive it a lot. I listen to podcasts. I was listening to Radio Lab all the way up here. You ever listen to that? Radio Lab from NYC? it's great. It's fucking fantastic. It's really good. It's about, um, do you know that expression, uh, you can neither confirm nor deny? I heard that one. That's a great episode. Yeah, yeah. it was. Wasn't it really yeah. amazing? It's that that expression came from a Russian submarine that the the government found, and it was a nuclear submarine that sank. The Russians couldn't find it, and the Americans found it, and they they pulled it out of the ocean. And when they were pulling it out of the ocean, the there was like a Freedom of Information Act request to find out what they had gotten or what had happened. And they couldn't figure out how to deal with it because it was in 1974. And it was post-Watergate, and everybody's kind of freaking out about privacy and about you know, uh, transparency in the press and about dis- distribution of information that was important and constitutional. It's really kind of interesting in this day and age to listen to this story. 
So the CIA had a real issue because on one hand, they, they have an obligation to keep secrets, especially if they think that those secrets could, if they got out, could somehow or another endanger the safety of Americans. So they have that on one hand. And then on the other hand, they had the Freedom of Information Act that said that they had to tell the people what was going on because they had requested. This is a freedom of information. You can't hold this information back. Did you find the nuclear submarine? So what they said was, we can neither confirm nor deny that we have found this sub. But we can say that hypothetically, if we were to find a sub, that we would not talk about it for interests of national security, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. Yeah. And that became what they called uh, a Glomar response because it was Global Marine was the company cool. that was pulling this, this submarine out. Submarine that was, by the way, some insane, like, miles deep in the in the ocean like they had to pull this fucking thing out it was like insanely heavy something like six million pounds and they're pulling the submarine out like with a giant claw out of the back of a boat this huge rescue mission they involved involved howard hughes had to pretend that he was mining for oil there so that they could have cover for why they're there with his giant claw so that the soviets didn't think that they had found it and they intercepted them in the middle of their their extraction. It's like a way to lie without lying. Exactly. It's basically a way to say yes, but you can't say yes. Radiolab NYC. You got you guys got to download a they're all excellent. They're so good. A nurse turned me on to it at this uh, the clinic where I get my back treated at, and she was just raving about it so much so that I I had to check it out. Yeah, they're really good, man. They're very refined. Yeah, it's totally different than what we do. Yeah. But it's uh, very nicely edited. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. But they do it the sound and the sound design is really cool. Yeah, it's really creative but not intrusive. It doesn't intrude in the story. It doesn't intrude it actually picks it up. It, it actually enhances it. Enhances it. it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, with podcasts you're getting a kind of first draft. That's all you're getting. You don't get anything. <laughs> you mean podcasts that, like this, yeah, unedited. Yeah. 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 Unedited podcasts are all a first draft. And then with Twitter too, it's like you're it's like a lot of what the internet is is the preliminary phases of making something awesome, but they never go on to anything else. Whereas, like, it's good to take in stuff like Radiolab or stuff where people have tortured themselves. I don't know if they've tortured themselves with Radiolab, but you know what I mean? They where probably people, have. People right. have agonized over... That's what stand-up is. When mm-hmm. you're seeing a, a joke, you're seeing something that's been refined and refined and refined. Or and, in the process of that. Yes. Somewhere in the middle of becoming whatever it's going to become, as opposed to that first thing that just pops out. And it seems like people are more into that first thing that pops out right now than they are the re, the refining process. Because refining is... Uh, is is not instant gratification. Well, it's also that it's definitely that, but <clears throat> there's a very different experience to listening to Radiolab or Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, which is another one that they is put together like a show, very yeah. well edited. There's a very there's a big difference between those and a conversation where you're seeing the actual thought process play out with more than one person. You're seeing them bounce thoughts back and forth. You want, you you feel like you're part of the conversation. Right. That's what's very different about something like this, where they know there's absolutely no scripting whatsoever. They know that we're going in here and we we don't know what the fuck we're going to talk about no. one second to the next. But there's so much to talk about. It's impossible to run out of material. And go. So they're watching it all sort of form live. So even though it is sort of a first draft or in, in some sort of a way, it, off, it provides you a very different experience than something yeah. that is polished. When you watch an anchorman talk and tell you something on the news, 
Who is that guy? Why is he talking like that? What's going on here? Yeah. That guy's putting on a show. If you watch your very best friend give you that same piece of information in the privacy of your own home, it's much more impactful. It's much more real. It feels, you know, if a guy tells you something horrible happened on the news and he's a guy that you don't even know if he's a fucking human, he's wearing makeup and he's got a tie on, why does he have to wear that outfit? Yeah. Why is that outfit so important to distribute information? I need to be taken seriously. Right. We'll be right back with more Malaysian airline mysteries. (laughs) It seems like it used to be newscasters were more trying to fade into the background. You know, they wanted to be like, they, they wanted, they were there, but they weren't there. They're like talking furniture. But now it's moving more where it's their personalities that we're into, you know, especially on Fox News when they get those like super hot. Uh, course, Nancy Grace, I uh, know what you're saying, hard. Duncan, and yeah. you're out of line. <laughs> no, I'm not. Nancy I'm Grace not a is piece of meat. <laughs> I'm a former prosecutor. She wears those handcuffs on her neck sometimes. Oh, I bet she does. But I, you've seen that, right? It always makes me think she's she might be into oh, SNL. Fuck yeah, she is. I don't dude. really watch a lot of Nancy Grace. She's in the gluttony. Look at her. She's just, oh, <laughs> just fucking pee on me. She's to tie me up, pee cover on me with me. soap. She just loves everything. She uh, just takes it all in. As soon as she gets out of that stiff, tight job, oh, uh, she just gets oil poured all over and her toes massaged and shit. She's probably just a, a phenom for attention after she that. Probably, her toilet paper is probably just pictures of kidnapped children. Oh, no. He didn't. She's probably not gluten-free. She's <laughs> <laughs> probably like... The opposite, like exclusive well, gluten, gluten exclusive. What's fascinating about a show like hers or Bill O'Reilly's is that they the personalities become like the the main yes. thing, and people want to tune in every week to see what the personalities have to say yeah. about the news. So it's not just about I'm Walter Cronkite and here's the news today. Like very professional, but sort of impartial. Yeah. What people want is like these editorial type shows, these right. Bill O'Reilly shows. We get to hear opinions. It's on a news channel, but is it news? Right. Um, I guess it's kind of news-ish. No, it's a fucking opinion piece, man. You're telling me that during that half hour you have to talk about dead kids? That's the only thing you can talk about. You have to talk about dead kids every week during the same half hour. What are you doing? Isn't there a lot of shit going on in the world? Yeah. Not just one dead kid in Florida that you keep fucking harping on. Not that there's anything, I mean, it's important to talk about dead kids in Florida. It's important Especially to talk about Especially when you're selling phones. Dacks. Especially when you're selling cars. <laughs> You got to lure people in, man. Nothing will sell a car faster than a a cliffhanger where you come back to find out how the kid got raped. How do you explain the duct tape on that child's wrists? We will talk more about how baby Eugene was sodomized in Australia after this break. Cuts to a fucking Ford commercial. They never go to Australia. They don't have to. They they just data mine in Florida. Why leave Florida? But, but Florida has everything you want if you're CNN or Fox News it or is, anybody it. looking for some fucking yeah. shit to get mad about. Have you seen that Twitter, uh, what, Florida Man on Twitter? Oh, yeah. It's the <laughs> oh, best. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I'm going to Florida tomorrow. What? I'm going to Miami. It's going to be fun. But I, the thing that I like to think about is like, I know that ad space costs money. And so that means the story before the ad space is making the news money. So, like, when a plane crashes in some kind of way, distant way, but in some kind of way, that plane crash is going to make CNN some money Mm -hmm. because it's selling ad space. And when a disaster happens, they have more viewers watching. So Than just a regular Newsweek with general... Yeah, I think... Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah, Fuck yeah. 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 And that's why everyone's getting angry at them. Like, Jon Stewart did, like, a a whole takeoff of um, CNN. 
in their non-news coverage of the Malaysian Airlines, how insane it is. They, there's no news, but they, they will make news stories out of nothing just because they know you're going to tune in. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of it's, – it's something about that is – it's like – black alchemy you know yeah. it's like vulture it's a, yeah you're taking disaster and catastrophe putting it through this lens called the news and at the other side you're getting paychecks and it's That's all crazy. negative there's yeah. almost nothing positive on in the news if you stop and look at the national news whether it's cnn all they they're focusing on crises after crises yeah. after crises but that's our fault as people because that's probably what we look want to look at more honestly click on more i don't you know? think we have enough power i don't think we have enough power as consumers i think um the the idea that it's our fault that they push this on television it's much more their fault than it is our fault the reason being is that one a they're profiting okay and b they are choosing what to broadcast and when you get people in a loop any kind of thinking or behavior loop, it's very hard to get them out of that loop. Mm. And if they're in a fear loop, they're in a fear, destruction, downfall of the economy loop, war with Syria, this and that, and Iran's got a that, and Hitler's fucking Coming cloned. Back. Yeah, when you get in that loop, man, that's a hard loop to extract yourself from. It's like, it's why ideologues on either side, especially like on the right, like when it comes to like certain subjects, like they lock on those subjects and there's no wiggle room at all. Like at least CNN will have something like Dr. Sanjay Gupta turns around totally on weed. Yeah, I mean, 180 cool. degrees now is promoting it. Now is talking about all these children that have had horrible diseases and they found cannabis is the only cure for kids with seizures. One kid was getting like 300 seizures a week and they got it down to one. With marijuana. Wow. This kid was like seizuring constantly all day. And the, the parents were helpless watching it. And marijuana cured it. At least got it down to one minor seizure. And now she's developing all, these, all this muscular control. And she can walk in ways that she's never been able to walk before. I mean, it's a, an incredible story. And that would never be on Fox News. They just, no. they, just, they just wouldn't go with that. No way. They wouldn't go with that. No. They found some reason why gun control might be a good idea. Like, if there was some study that came out, it wouldn't even be considered or debated. You know, it would be just attacked. Attacked. Yeah. Like, you couldn't have someone come on that was, like, a really brilliant, thoughtful Republican that said, listen, I never thought about gun control before, but this new study tells me, like, maybe we do need a more, much more stringent set of guidelines. It's fucking cool how, if you go back and watch early Fox News howling about Obama, who I wish didn't blow people up with drones, but there's some good things about him too. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. what? It, you, there is. It's not all black and white, but they were like, this guy's going to ruin the country. Yeah. He's going to crash the economy. We're all fucked. Meanwhile, the economy's doing much better right now. It's, is that true? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't understand it. Well, the stock market's doing pretty good. Yeah, but I, feel, I, I keep hearing it's inflated. I keep hearing that we're, we're ready for another bubble to collapse, and they've just sort of built up the economy. I don't again. know, man. I, I, I don't know either. I, I, That's why I, I'm confused. It's so confusing because you don't know how much of that is just more Fox News people desperately trying to ignore the fact that the worst nightmare for many of them happened, which is that a black man got elected, and then on top of that, he fixed the crater that George Bush had put on the country. Like when George Bush left office, he left office like a villain in a Batman movie walking away from a building that had been just trashed. He got us into this shit war. 
And and remember the yeah. it's, he got us in this shit war for no well, reason. That administration definitely was pretty fucking gross. An embarrassing war, and he stood yeah. on the aircraft carrier with victory in the background, mission like a, accomplished. Came out of a fucking helicopter or something. Yeah, like drunk. He seemed like he was drunk. He'd been like <laughs> snorting blow all night and been like, "Fuck it, let's let's have a victory okay. celebration." I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> that I agree with Duncan on this. <clears throat> I thought of a... Uh... He's demonizing George Bush. It wasn't George W. Bush. Fuck that. George <laughs> W. Bush was a fucking demon. Look at that evil man. He was an evil little wizard. Put a black robe on that son of a bitch. Mission accomplished. Yeah, come on. Look at yeah. that guy. Put a black robe on him and, there, and it just fits. Well, he... I'll tell you what. He is certainly um, a classic historic figure. When all said and done, they go back in time. You know, like they'll, they, they go back in time and tell stories about the George Washington cherry tree incident. And, yeah. you know, uh, I cannot tell a lie and all that nonsense. Sense. And then the dumbest president. Yeah, well, he was a, a symbol of, you know, the excess of this era. And we never learn from the, the stories of, of history. Like, no one's learning from Rome. No one's learning from, the, yeah. from you know, ancient civilizations that collapsed due to excess. But no he seemed, it wasn't just excess. George W. Bush seemed dumb. Oh, and, yeah. and and remember, everyone started getting dumb. Mm-hmm. Like not only because like <laughs> the country people, started getting dumb. yeah, the whole country started getting dumb because dumb people were like, "This is our time. We can be presidents now. Look, if one of us has made it to the top, any of us can make it to the top." Well, you know that one person that gets upset if you lose weight. Come on, bro. Yeah. We all got guts. Yeah, let's keep yeah. our gut. Like, no, nah, man. <laughs> I, got, I think I'm gonna lose some weight, man. Come on, bro. Have a fucking beer. Don't go to the gym like a homo. You know, there's people yeah. like that. Or and they'll I, mention, like, however you lost it, like, whatever, paleo diet. Like, right. Oh, paleo diet, everything you do, that's the... Yeah, that shit ain't good that. for you, bro. Yeah. You're going to get osteoporosis. Yeah. It's not got enough fucking calcium B12-7 <laughs> in there. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I think that's real similar. I think it's real similar. People are fucking ridiculous, man. They want to slow you down. If the president's stupid, like, come on, bro. We could be fucking stupid. Yeah. Be all reading and shit. Yeah. What are you, a fucking reader? You're going to ruin this country with you stupid fag reading. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, probably when the cameras were off, he probably had a British accent. <laughs> That's. I was watching the fucking Inside um, Walking Dead. Oh, you yeah. Know, they have those things where they talk to the cast members. Rick is fucking English. What a great actor. He speaks in a, a proper English accent. There's a moment on the show where, and you're like, wait a minute. I thought you were Rick who talked like this. Yeah. That's a fake, completely fake cowboy Georgia accent. I, I thought he was really a southern guy. <laughs> it was so good. I thought he was from the south. Do you, have you been watching Walking Dead? Uh, no, I've been getting in the house of cards. I can only I do one show at a time. I heard that show's amazing. It's good. It's great. You know what else is amazing? Pound House! (laughs) (laughs) Where can people watch that, man? Where can they watch your show? Um, If you go to YouTube and just type in Pound House, it'll show up. Do you have a website for it? Is it Um, just YouTube or... um, but uh, because we watched it on Duncan's Xbox, really, which I've never done before. It's I have an app. If you go, if you have an iPhone, there's an is a Poundhouse app, and you can watch all the episodes on the app. Really? Yeah. Uh, why don't you make an Android one, bitch? Why, why fuck Why only iPhone? My friend, my friend just made it for me. He doesn't know Android. But Poundhouse is that Jash? Yeah, Jash is like a YouTube channel network, and then they also have this other network called Ba, and it's on that one. Wait a minute. Ba. Wait a minute. There's YouTube channel networks? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. That's the new thing. Whoa. That's kind of weird. Well, I don't know how I feel about that. 
I'm confused. It's pretty cool. I mean, they fun- it's cool because it, like, uh, they get money from somewhere to fund this crazy shit, which is kind of awesome. Right. So how are they doing that? So they're, they're becoming like a network online. Yeah. Huh. I think, I think it's cool because, I mean, they my show probably wouldn't have happened unless someone funded it. They were like, make right. some episodes of this. Because and you need that. You need weirdos with money to make sh- to let good stuff come through. Because like that, if you pitch pound, imagine pitching Poundhouse to like some normal square. Oh, that would ruin it. Yeah, they'd be like, well, you know, make it be like this and for this demographic and blah, blah, blah. Make it more for girls. Make it uh, <laughs> skew female. Yeah, Remember, me make- and Duncan got that note once. Can you skew female? Oh, come on. Please tell me the, the context. <laughs> Uh, Please tell me. Well, Please tell me. <laughs> you know, the cool thing is it totally worked out, which is that we were, it's this show that uh, is coming out on MTV Other um, at the end of April. Which and is another YouTube sort of like online, whatever, web channel. Called Story Pig. But we had originally pitched it to them as a show called Creeps. Creeps was the name of the show. And we're like, we just want to do really dark comedy sketches. And one of the questions we got... No, from- they were like, what's the show about? Well, it's like, you know, imagine like a serial... Kill- <laughs> we had like a list of stuff, like serial killers. Like, what uh- if a serial killer made a sketch show? Like, yeah. something like that. And then the one of the They're things... They're like, cool, we love it. And then like next week, they were like, can you... You, t- you say it. Can you skew female <laughs> to f- make it more female friendly? It's called Creeps. Like creeps. What kind of conversation is that? Like they bring you in. Like it described to me the scenario. Are you in a room with these no, people? No, it's like no, an email. Just, it's an email. But then we said no, we can't. And what's cool is they let us do it, and they were re- <laughs> they were really cool, and they didn't give us any. They they ba- they didn't really give us notes that many. They didn't give us. No, they were totally cool. They were super cool. So that was awesome. But you get that. That's what you get from the internet, and that's what you get. Once in from- a while, you just say I can't. You know, it's not going to work. I have to do my own thing. And exactly. If they let you do it, it turns out good. But like Poundhouse, I didn't get any notes or anything. They just said, "Is your episode done?" And I just turned it in. So well, that's cool. why it's so weird. You know, it's you can really tell it's one guy's vision. If there was too many people involved in that. It would, it would get fucked up. And it's not that. And again, it's not an either or thing. It's not that too many people. Like sometimes a bunch of people can work together and they can produce a masterpiece. Yeah. You know, they just they just work together great and they know how to do it and they enhance each other. But a lot of times a show like yours, like the only way to really do it and have it that unique and interesting, it's gotta you gotta have nobody fucking with can you. Can we can we watch an episode you didn't watch yet? Sure. Can we watch the skateboard episode? It's it's like kind of a music video though. It's I so mean, funny though, man. We should. Can, I would, but it's your shit, man. If whatever. you feel weird of yeah. watching something with us, we we don't we have, don't to, have do to do it. it. It's up to you. We'll leave leave it up to you. Why don't you watch it? Duncan, if you think that's a good one to watch, we'll watch Which it. one do you think is a good one? Did you see the one with Duncan? No, I didn't. I only saw one. <laughs> that with, one's okay, Duncan's but that's very more. Briefly. That's story. That's more story. The skateboard you could watch. I only said that one because you don't. I think people would appreciate that one based on the, the things you serve me. Yeah, it's pretty good, but I don't know, man. You okay, okay, okay. Whatever. I'm, how about Listen I go pee and you play whatever okay, you want? Yeah, okay, yeah, you go pee. Go pee. Don't jerk off, man. That's not necessary. <laughs> jerk off. If you get tense, sometimes that's the best Just way to handle it. let it out. Okay, so w- what is the episode called? What's the skateboarding video? It's called skate. Poundhouse Skate. Poundhouse Skate. skate. All right. We're going to watch this, and uh, we're going to talk shit about the listeners while this is going on. We'll shut our mics off and enjoy this. All right? And if you're uh, listening, it's not as good as watching it right now. Yeah. Because... Uh, it might not even work. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this is the listeners and there yeah. are people watching. We can't show it. You're right, Doug. Why didn't I listen to you? There's no, You can't show it. Show the one w- that you're in. Okay. Show the Okay. Which one's that? Dinner. Okay. Dinner. Thank God we were thinking ahead. 
It would have just been ununderstood. Like, and people say pot fucks were you thinking. It doesn't at all. Not at all. Never has. Not once. We forgot about fucking iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot about... I oh, forgot there was an audience. Just nine million people every month. Okay, let's watch it. Today, my guest on the Poundcast is comedian and annoying friend, Brendan Walsh. Shots fired. <laughs> Sells things with you and the lady. She's kind of mad at me right now. Why's she mad at you? Uh, I took her to my friend's mansion, and she wanted to stay. And you know how girls get all pissed off about stuff. Well, if you really like her, you should do something special. You should have Frog come over to your house, cook you guys an intimate dinner. Who's Frog? <laughs> Who's Frog? He's like the number one L.A. celebrity chef. How am I going to get the number one L.A. celebrity chef to my house? I'll text him right now. You're friends with the number one L.A. celebrity chef? Yeah, Frog's food is totally mind-blowing. He uses ingredients that you didn't even know were ingredients. Like what? Like, oh, it's on for tonight. Tonight? Yep, I'll be there too. Why will you be there? Hmm. Seat you guys, help Frog plate the food, make sure you're good on refills. Okay, well, if my girlfriend doesn't like it, I'm going to have to... Yeah, there's a lot of shit you people are missing if you're not watching this. <laughs> They're like, what's a little weird man? So this is how it's going to work. There's not going to be a menu or anything. Uh, Frog's just going to bring out the food. It might look kind of weird, but just eat it because trust me, it's going to be amazing. Awesome. Okay. Here he comes. Hi. Hi. My name's Frog. What we have here is a poison oak salad. It's topped with sun-dried acorns. Those are cactus needle sprinkles. And the whole thing has been drenched in a rattlesnake venom vinaigrette. And uh, here's some Amazonian ayahuasca tea to wash it all down. Oh. Enjoy. Thank you, Chef. I don't know about poison oak salad. Oh, you're so boring. This is exactly what I was talking about. You never want to try anything new. I'll try it, I'll try it. No, it looks good. Thank you. Yeah, you really have to watch this. They're eating weird food, yes. They really have to watch the ayahuasca's kicking in. It's almost over. Those batshit battered hamster tenders were amazing. Why did you not eat any of yours? How's everything tasting, guys? So good. I think I'm allergic <laughs> to it. You're so lame. <laughs> I know, right? He's the So, are you two ready for some dessert? Yes. Yeah, what's it gonna be? Um, maggot cake? <laughs> Close. It's chocolate cake. <gasps> oh, that looks actually kind of good. Mm. What's that stuff on top? Well, that's semen. <laughs> Brendan and I frogged all over before I brought it out. <laughs> I'm sorry, my friend's so stupid. I'm so stupid. He's so stupid. Well, you know what? I don't think it's working out between you two. You know what? I think you're right. You want to go get a burger? I would love that. Let's get out of here. Okay. What? <laughs> Where are you going? We're done. That's hilarious. What the hell? Brendan! Frog? It's basically, it's basically over. I oh, love wait, no, the one, one, more, one more part. 
Oh shit. <laughs> I'm ready for my dance. That's somebody watching. I'll prepare the music. <laughs> watching all that play out on a That's a new edition. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys are listening, you gotta watch it because it's so much of it. It's so weird. Yeah. David Lynch like and just cool. Lynchian, I believe. It's very, like. very visual. It's yeah. very visual. But really uh distinctly you like you could really see like the same vision the same sense of humor in every episode it's really fun thanks man you know that's one of the cool things about something like that where one guy is doing the whole thing i gotta give it up to brent weinbach because he kind of he's, he's kind of like my, my co sort of writer on it so he, he's he brings hilarious. a lot he's hilarious that character she plays is so, so bizarre <laughs> it's so strange i love that one line when you're in the i was telling him the the line when you're doing the open mic in your living room <laughs> oh, yeah. we should collaborate together <laughs> oh that's what's up <laughs> i can't have, have to see him do it <laughs> and in the context of that fucking strange character and you're watching him for a couple episodes in a row it's like oh my god i couldn't stop giggling it's really really funny stuff man man i think that tv is just gonna get better and better because of stuff like that because it creates competition mm -hmm. and people they can they get to see what's happening without the big risk because when you're making a tv show there's so much risk involved that you can't really there's so much money at stake rather that it, it to take a big risk is insane you want to just go by the median what the mid, like middle of the road because that's right. going to sell the most advertisements but when they start seeing people actually like stuff like that and respond to it then tv is just going to keep hopefully will get better well it's, the internet has changed the whole fucking game because the same people that watch the big bang theory watch decapitations you know it's like the same people the right. same people watch a kim kardashian sex tape same people will, it's just humans. Right. Just give humans access to what they want, you know? And when you limit shit because you think somehow or another it's going to bottleneck the amount of money you're able to suck out of a show, uh. all you're doing is you're limiting how many people are going to watch that thing. Yep. You I want to see decapitations on the Big Bang Theory. That would be amazing. That'd Can you imagine cool that's show. how they ended it? Like a red wedding? <laughs> Fuck. Just all like the Game characters are in, they all have their own guillotine. Yeah. Like 12 guillotines all lined up. It'd just be great. They all just get kidnapped somehow by like a real actual killer who's like, doesn't understand what they're saying. He doesn't even speak English. He's like, <laughs> they, he doesn't even get their jokes. <laughs> just, just starts chopping their hands off and their feet off. He's crying while he's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so great it'd be so artistic and beautiful and wonderful it's that, that that's what's weird about like bill o'reilly or the big bang theory or any of those shows is they have this perfect opportunity at any moment to blow people's minds yeah. by just making a 180 degree turn just turning in some complete opposite direction but imagine if bill let me direct an episode of big bang theory with no notes yes it's gonna be a lot directed but you'd have to write it too <laughs> You couldn't well, just... I can I, if I if I have creative liberties with the script. Yes, and if I can get any <laughs> as, my, as many guillotines as I want. God, that'd be so fun. <laughs> that'd be so fun if like they had to do that once a year. They had to let underground artists edit and direct their shows just to see what it would turn into. Well, why? That would be a terrible idea. <laughs> be fun for no. me. Yeah, it'd be fun for you. But, but with ima just imagine... low stakes shows like sitcoms, you know. Right, but, but it's not low stakes because imagine if it was your show. And then some fucking DJ Doug Pound comes along and he's like, I'd like to direct your show for a week. He'd be like, fuck you, man. We're going to kill your whole cast. No, you're not, man. No one wants to watch that shit. Listen, man, trust me. Seven no, guillotines. 
It's going to be awesome. They wake up and it's uh, all a dream, though. That's the, that's the caveat. Blossom becomes a demon. You know, <laughs> yeah. They all start eating babies. Uh, they have baby salad every day. But we'll just use like rubber baby dolls. Don't worry. But if Bill O'Reilly came out for one show in drag <laughs> and just is like, this is who I am now. Doesn't really explain it. Same guy, even. He's the same guy. He's just like, this is who I am. This is how I've changed. Deal with it. That would be as big as Jesus. That would be as big as Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) That is how Jesus will come back. It will be Bill O'Reilly. I'm now Wilhelmina. Wilhelmina O'Reilly. Yeah. And he starts slowly beginning a a transformation to, to the female gender. Yeah. Yeah. That would be incredible. And it just tells you, like, the reason why he was like that is just he was scared. He was scared all the time. Yeah. That people find out that he identifies with being a woman. And that's where all the hate came from, the homophobia, all the Jesus love, all that craziness that was, yeah. he was into. It's really just he wanted to be a woman. Yeah. And then he just starts putting pictures of his new surgical, crusty Bill O'Reilly pussy up on the screen. <laughs> and people just, it causes waves of suicides. But here's what's crazy. People still spot him out at night, like, dressed like a man. And he looks perfectly normal. And they realize yeah. it's just a fucking scam like everything else he yeah. does. He's not really becoming a woman. He's just a bullshit artist. No, it's, That would be one of the just greatest more views on television. No, yeah. it's what happens is you realize someone's blackmailing him. You realize somebody has something worse than that. And they're like, listen, Bill. That's like a House of Cards movie. Here's what uh, I want you to do on your show. What do you think? Oh, my God. You know, I've got these pictures of you fisting chimpanzees at the, <laughs> the chimps wanted Grove. it. They wanted it. <laughs> the chimps wanted it. I was doing it for Jesus. Ty goes in and Ty goes out. You don't know why I fist chimps. Ty goes in. Ty goes Who can out. explain it? Who can explain it? God moves in mysterious ways. While they're fisting. They all right, all right, I wear a dress. You fucking <laughs> cocksucker. But I'm not when I go out. That's my deal. My personal life. Yeah, it's so it's so fascinating, man. And that's the decept. That's a, it's like deceptive. I get it with artists and actors. They don't have to reveal their personal lives to anybody. They don't. They don't have to. But when you have someone who's an actor like Bill O'Reilly, and we don't know who he is or what he's really like, but when you have someone who's an actor portraying themselves in this way as this unchanging, just monolith of of conservatism then it's i think it's it's not fair because you know that guy's got serious fucking problems yeah but doesn't bill o'reilly think doesn't he doesn't think of himself as an actor he doesn't i don't think that's, uh, he think thinks think? he's being him he thinks he's being or maybe he is you know genuinely being just who he thinks he is i think I there's certainly uh there's certainly moves he just certainly makes moves like yeah. the whole tie goes in the tie goes out thing the guy went to harvard Okay, he's not an idiot. He knows fucking gravity causes that. He knows the moon causes yeah. the. T- he knows that. He knows. So when he's saying shit like that, you can't explain that. He's he's trolling. He's getting ratings. He's getting ratings. He's getting people on his team. I mean, he 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 most certainly is. Right. Do you think it's possible that the whole missing a Malaysian Airlines thing was the the plane was hijacked by CNN for ratings? Ah, I don't know. Is that a possibility, Duncan? Follow the money. Follow the money. Who made the most money off this Malaysian plane crash so far? It's definitely CNN. CNN is raking in the dough. Everybody who like had those last moments of like plunging into the ocean, looking at the person next to them, screaming, registering that this truly is their last moment in this dimension, their spirits can take comfort knowing that they didn't die for nothing. CNN has made probably three hundred thousand dollars. No, that that plane never existed, and those people in the plane never existed. They were. 
completely fabricated names. Dun 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 dun. And that plane will never be found. It was an endless, endless amount of. You know that sounds completely preposterous, but you know that that was actually what they proposed during Operation uh, Northwoods. What is that? What was that one? The Northwoods document was the thing that they, uh, the the Joint Chiefs of Staff signed and uh, President Kennedy vetoed. And the idea was to fake a bunch of attacks on America to blame on the Cubans. And one of their ideas was to take a drone airliner and they were going to say that a bunch of people were on board and then they take the people off and they put them in buses and they shuttle them off to somewhere because they could fucking finagle people who worked for the government in the 1960s. Have a bunch of fake names. Fly the plane up in the air and explode it. Blow the plane up. And then they were going to have like fake relatives like, oh, I lost little Billy. Meanwhile, little Billy doesn't even exist. He's not even a real person. So this plane blows up because it's a drone. And then they were going to arm Cuban friendlies and have them attack Guantanamo Bay. And they're going to use all this, blame it all on Castro so we can invade. Man, I love that. Reminds me of your awesome joke. Uh, it's an old joke, but the thing about like, ro- like if we ran it like a Roman emperor, if we just decided, uh, <laughs> you know, like that's it's like yeah. the empire is hogtied right now because it's got to pretend to be a democracy, mm-hmm. so it's got to come up with shit like that instead of what they used to be able, to, what yeah. they could have done back in the old days, which is there wouldn't even just there wouldn't be a question. Yep, you just go take the island. We we're scared because then they would also take us. You know, like we we need uh, we need a populace that is very complacent, and we need a populace that's terrified of violence, even though violence is like super important in order to keep control of the populace. But we need a we need a populace that's looking for civilization. We don't need a, a fucking entirely armed group of three hundred million savages that are ready to fuck people up and take their oil. That's the last thing we want. Yeah. So we want some sort of surrogate taking the oil. And some people that we know, we're, they're our heroes, and they're over there somehow involved in oil. Freeing people. Freeing people from their need to pay more for oil or yes. control, or whatever the fuck it is. It, but as long as the general population is wearing their nice ties and listening to the man on the news and not freaking out and wanting to cut his throat, as long as they're not all going fucking barbarian Mongol style, because once they start killing a few people, kill a little here, kill a little there, right. people get used to it. They get used to it pretty goddamn easy. Right. And then they start thinking about these cunts that are running the government. They start thinking about these shitheads like abusive cops. You see that video of that, uh, the thing in, uh, was it Arizona? Arizona riot? This cop blindsides this kid, oh, yeah. Did a you little see girl, that? what? A Watch young this. girl. Oh, play it! It's fucking horrific. So fucked up. <sighs> yeah, what, I, what happened know, to that cop? What well, happens to? Him? I don't know. We'll find out. But you know what? What I'm getting from uh, people that were there, a lot of people that were there tweeted at it. They were saying the kids were definitely out of control. Kids were drunk. It was getting there. But he was saying that the cops seemed like they were enjoying fucking people up. Like they were running around and just randomly fucking people up. And uh, a lot of people have a real problem with that. A lot of people have a real problem with their, they're not They're not finding, like, the dangerous people. Look at that. Oh. Look at that girl. Like, I mean, come on, man. How, how is that even possible? Watch that again. Watch that again. There's a little girl. I mean, she's not big at all, man. I don't know what she could have done. But that oh. cop just blindsides her and sends her over a bike rack. I mean, that is fucked there's no way on earth that guy needed to do that. There's no way. The only way would be if that woman was coming at him with a weapon or coming at someone else with a weapon and he was saving someone's life. What he just did there is like 
either some PTSD that he's like he's right. fucked or he's a sadist or whatever the fuck it is. That guy does not need to be a cop. They need to remove that guy. That's there's no way a man in that position of power should be able to do that. That woman was not a threat. He was a big guy. She was a small woman. There's no way that should I have, have a reason that he should have done it. Maybe. He's a time traveler. And at that moment, <laughs> she was about to meet this guy and that he was going to get her pregnant with the next Antichrist. Right. And so he knew that if he just slammed her down that once, he might have saved millions of people's you lives. You might be right. He might be in jail right now, handcuffed behind his back, speaking in tongues. Yeah. You're, you can only like stay in this time for like a couple of days until <laughs> you, you start nuts. going crazy. Yeah the, the, yeah, the further you get away from your original timeline, the more insane you get. Space-time continuum just fries your hard drive. You're like, yeah. Oh, Got his fucking handcuffed and what's speaking that, in tongues. What's that famous time traveler? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail John police. Tidor? Yeah, John yeah. Tidor. Yeah, it's all bullshit. I know. It's bullshit. So There's a famous time traveler? Yes. Oh, it's so dumb. But it's a great story. It's a bullshit if you think it's real. But as a story, it's cool, man. Because the way he dealt with... The the way he dealt with uh, going back and killing your grandfather or whatever the way he, paradox, what, that yeah. paradox is by saying that it's like there's multiple timelines and you can go back in time you're not on the exact same timeline that you are on and so things are slightly different in that mm. timeline so Tidor would say that like he would get colds all the time here like colds were a little worse Wait, in this, so this dimension what's the deal with this guy he said he's from another time it's a time traveler yeah. hoax he's a fucking writer. He's a writer, he's a, and not oh. a bad one, not a bad one at all. And he wrote something that he thinks would be a fun troll. And he came up with this, uh, he's got a patent file for John Teeter's time machine. <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> he's a fucking asshole. If anybody ever says, like, hey, well, there's a patent for it, you know, it must be real, you need to go and look at what a goddamn patent is. Shut your mouth, because there's a lot of fucking patents. There's yeah. patents for all sorts of ridiculous shit. Or at least applications, patent pending. You're a fucking time traveler. Go back in time and patent everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how come you're going back in time and you're not just fucking everybody with your knowledge from the future? (laughs) Yeah. The whole thing is ridiculous, but the idea of a bunch of different timelines is actually not that ridiculous. Well, they're saying now with that new discovery that apparently, doesn't it like point to the idea that there's a multiverse or bubbled universes or something? Yeah. Inflation theory, whatever that new discovery is. (sighs) There's so many of these, uh, I I wouldn't say competing theories, but uh, ultimately they're all just, they sort of coincide. That you don't know. You don't know like who's right, who's wrong, or whether or not they're all right. And that there's like a billion different examples of what a universe is or an infinite number of examples of what could take place at any given timeline. They, they say that infinity is so intense, like the idea of infinity, and this is the best way to wrap your head around it. If infinity is real, that means that in the universe, not only has everything that we've said in the exact same order, in the exact same pauses, in the exact same t- t- time frame, and fuck up of words or slip of the tongue. It's happened exactly that way in exactly that order an infinite number of times. Mm. Not just one, but an infinite number of times. That everything that's ever taken place down to the millisecond has not just happened once somewhere else, but infinite times somewhere else. Wow. That's how big infinity is. That's what no end means. That's so weird. Like, it, just like when you're doing some mundane thing, like 
jerking off. Coming to porn. Yeah. Uh, just thinking this is infinite. <laughs> this is an infinite loop of jizz that's happening. <laughs> oceans. Yeah. Oceans of jizz. If you could just see, uh, like, just a s- universe filled with you squirting. Ah, oh, just <laughs> fractal. Like, literally a universe. That's real. Like, so the sky would be absolutely filled from horizon to horizon with with you coming. More than this. Just, yeah, just, oh! Like, if all the cum from all the Duncans in all over the world at once drenched the earth, we would drown in semen. Oh, how the sad. The entire population would drown. We would be coated in, like, a million miles thick of cum. Because oh. if you think about what infinity means, how many different Duncans would be coming? There's no end to it. No. So one ounce of cum equals a hundred billion oceans filled with cum instantaneously raining down upon you. Those oceans would be filled with more me's coming. So not only that, the universe itself would not be big enough to contain the Earth's size just from the sheer amount of cum it was covered in. Yeah. It would push the atmosphere way past the sun. It would light the Earth on fire and turn it into a big cum. What are those? What are those fucking hush puppy? It was a big cum hush puppy. When the cum got so big, it touched the it goes sun. Into the deep fryer. It's just so big, it touches the sun and then puts the sun out and presses out into the outer galaxy. That's how much cum. And then infinite amount of people coming. And is. then some like you, some god chef would just come and eat it. It's just on a cooking show. And and then you know he lives in another world where you're coming on, and it just goes on. For Forever. No, and that's it, how you impregnate the sun. You fill a planet with cum. <laughs> that's how you stop up a black hole. We don't know what to do about a black hole. We're going to get an infinite amount of Duncans to cum in it. Well, it's, you know, mass b- broken down to the smallest part. Uh, it's not going to stop an infinite amount of cum. Trust me. <laughs> well, there's a whole other universe inside there. Still not big enough for infinite amounts of cum. Sorry. <laughs> the black hole is like, what the fuck? Please stop coming. <laughs> <laughs> the black hole is like Sasha Gray with a fucking giant black cock being force fed while she's lying on her back. Snots going down into her eyelashes. <laughs> That's the universe. That's the Feminist. universe choking Feminists on your are cum. blogging about the black <laughs> hole. Yeah. Um. <laughs> It'd be so symbolic. So symbolic of gag porn. You're coming into a black hole. Just the, the fucking whole event horizon starts sputtering. <laughs> you know that spinning? The spinning of the black hole absorbing matter just yeah. gets all choked up like a fucking, like a, like a dishwasher disposal system with a spoon in it. You know when those garbage yeah. disposals and the spoon drops <laughs> in <laughs> And you're scared to put your hand in there to try to unstop it. Do you think... And, uh, there, <laughs> that's how the universe was created. Come. The, his infinite, infinite come, an infinite come loop do went you, into a black hole. Do you think that ev- someone will ever come into a black hole in the future? Like, oh yeah, if we live long enough, someone's gonna want to do that. They're gonna want to be the first guy, some Richard Branson type <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I want to be the first guy to show the world. I want to inspire you that you too can come in a black hole. Him with fucking black socks on. This is how I always come. <laughs> he sends like a shuttle from his pod. Yeah, and he's got like but it's like Aquaman. a glory hole into the next shuttle, and then <laughs> yeah. he's wearing an Aquaman T-shirt. And it's way too small, and he's just 
a little slightly embarrassing roll of fat pulls out of the bottom like a little waterfall, and he's just jerking off with his black socks on into a into a black hole. You never know till you try. I seek to inspire. I'm seeking to inspire you that you too. I'm they, a humble man. Um, have you <laughs> seen? Did you edit the Tim and Eric sketch, The Universe? What What is that called? The one where they're talking about space. I don't think I did. God, that's, that's funny. One, have you seen that man? No. Can you Can you pull up t- the Tim and Eric? What's it called? Space. Just the universe. I think the universe. This is one of the funniest fucking. Well, this is one of my favorite comedy sketches. Really good. Oh yeah. What a concept. <laughs> you know, the universe is a little bit like the human hand. For example, you have Grauman's center right here, and then you have undiscovered worlds and uh, um, Sector 8, and up here, it's the uh, Tillman's crest. So you can, you can kind of picture that it, it's a little bit like a leaf or, a, or um, it's not a bowl. The universe is beautiful, something like a new woman <laughs> that I was going to date. You're dark and you're you're massive and you have a black hole. So all of those elements I want to explore just like you would explore on a new date. His facial expressions deep are into so them good. And, and feel around and just see see what's going to come out of that. The time it takes to get from one star to another star is you, see, you need to travel at the speed of light. And us humans can't even fathom the concept of that kind of time because it's really 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 fun taking a speed of light ride if you could put the universe into a tube you'd end up with a very long tube you gotta watch this extending twice the size of the universe because when you collapse the universe it expands and it would be you wouldn't want to put it into a tube Picture a hot dog bun and and throw all the stars, the hundreds of stars that there are in the universe into a pa- into a bag and put the universe into a bag and you all of a sudden they become um When I was a child, there <laughs> the was fuck? thought to be nine You remember planets, what he was saying? But there are now 90 planets. You know, the ultimate fate of the universe is so dark and mysterious that it generates butterflies in my stomach, and that goes to tickles in my spine, and that creates goose pimples, and then that penetrates my mind, and then the the whole Big Bang Stars can be fun. A lot of people say, Donna, you get so wrapped up in the physics of it, don't you have any fun? I say, well, I go up and I look at the stars through my telescope and I see the little dipster, or I see the big dipster. Every star has its has a sister star, um, a little bit like two eyeballs. If you can imagine, if, if, if you could see the other side of my eyeball, you'd see a 360 degree eyeball. Do you know that when you look at a planet and you see that light, that planet's not even there? That's just a light. That's just your neighbor shining a flashlight right into your yard. What the fuck? Looking for coons. And he says, 
what are you doing in my backyard with that flashlight? And I told him, I'm shining, I'm shining in your window so I can teach your son about the universe. He said, get out of my yard and why are you communicating to my son? Why are you in all black behind my bushes shining a light into my house? And I said, I'm teaching your son about the universe. I'm shining a light, shining a light right in there and exploring his room as he's looking out and exploring the universe. I turned the light off and I see your son go to bed and I turn the, sh the light back on and I do swirls on his wall like a comet's tail. I do this every night with your son. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my, God. they're so weird. They ha those guys have the weirdest style. Yeah. It's, so, it's such an interesting style of comedy because you really have no fucking idea where they're going. It's very refreshing because it's really hard to watch something where you, even if it's well written, you know where it's going. Like, you know where everything's going. Yeah, how long did you work on that show, man? For the whole time? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's fun. That's so cool. You're so lucky to have been on that show. That was like a, that was like, I don't know. It, it, it reminds me of, of Monty Python or something, or like a more modern version of that, you know? It's, just it, such... it's revolutionary. Yeah. It's a revolutionary totally. show. And that's a gross word to use. Everybody hates that word. I think it is, though. But I it think... is. It is. You're right. Because it's so far out there that it's like, it push, it like, you know, that's, that challenges people to not be so stuck in like normal square types of sketches. That's why I love writing with you, man, because you're always like pushing it so far outside of where I would go with it. Well, you know, you got to try to do something different. Yeah. Yeah, you have to, in this day and age too, so many premises have been beaten to death, especially when you're dealing with like human interactions. Like, how many goddamn sitcoms have there been? How many movies have there been? How many, how many dramatic shows that have comedic scenes? I mean, how much, how many subjects can be covered right. the same way over and over again? You know, after a while, it's like, oh, my fucking God. Yeah. Yeah, but, it's weird, too, when you start thinking about, like, how much of what I'm doing and how much of what I'm saying day to day is original and how much of it is just me regurgitating something I heard before? Well, there's definitely going to be some of that, always. That, I mean, that is the, the big knock on the concept of, of plagiarism. You know, the, the knock on, you know, when someone accuses, especially comedians, of plagiarism. Essentially, there's no way anybody has a unique thought. And if you have a unique thought, it is merely a combination of your thoughts and all the knowledge that all the human beings before you have right. left behind, including the language that you're communicating it in. Every single idea that formulates this thought, every single piece of information that's been accumulated long before you were ever born, most likely. And that's what's led to this being able to talk. But the difference being, of course... The difference between someone who kind of acknowledges that but comes up with it on their own and someone who just sits around and waits for other people to come up with oh, it yeah. and then steals those ideas. Because what they are is a fake antenna. You're not, a, you're not an antenna. You're like an agent. You're, yeah. like, you're stealing the actual creative idea instead yeah. of tuning into it. Yeah. And we like it when we find someone like a Joey Diaz, like yeah. someone who's just tuning into it. He figured out how to tune into it, and that's him, and you like to be around him because he says funny shit all the time. Yeah. And then someone else who just waits to hear what Joey Diaz says and then just repeats it. Dude, when I was at, I used to I'd go to a summer camp and I remember talking to this kid and he was telling me about his, like, we got to kind of be friends. He'd tell me about his, like, childhood. And I remember it seemed weirdly familiar. <laughs> 
And then I was thinking about it, and he he'd told, like lift- he retold your story of your childhood. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fucking weird. <laughs> no, he lifted it from a movie, like some I can't remember what it was, but he like kind of went into details, oh and he had just lifted it from a movie that he saw. It was just sort of oh my god, it was That's okay. That's how kids learn how to be be themselves. Yeah, no, this kid fake was- it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, man. I think it's okay. Nothing weird about it at all. <laughs> Not at all, except when we were, sw- like, I remember, like, swimming at Free Swim, and he did this awful thing. This is, like, the end of our summer camp friendship, because I'd already, like, found out that he'd been, like, he'd been lying about um, his childhood, which is already kind of weird. But then we were, like, swimming back to shore, and I remember he stuck his ass out of the water. He pulled his shorts down, and he stuck his ass out of the water and, like, pulled his butt cheeks apart to, like, moon everybody in to the To warn everyone that he belongs... In a, not a, in not a zoo, a camp. he belongs in an asylum. Like, what was this awful kid? Like, why was he doing this? He's lying about his childhood. He's like horrifying <laughs> everyone. It's like saying it's like cry for help when people yeah. pull their butt apart. It's like that's what it is. Yeah. They read your palm. They tell you that. And that kid drowned, and then his mom came back and killed everybody at that camp. <laughs> was his name Jason? Yeah, yeah his name's Jason. <laughs> I knew that kid. <laughs> Was the was the story um, from a famous movie? I can't remember the movie, but I remember thinking about it later and realizing, like, oh, he lied. That that that's definitely from a movie. Like it was, the, I mean, I was probably I was an idiot. I am an idiot. But like then I was especially. I mean, I'm a kid. I'm an idiot. But like, how old were you at the time? Uh, Twenty seven. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an easy joke when anyone asks you that. It's such a t- it's funny. But look, it's good. It's good. It's not just. It's not. It's there. Just just because it's easy doesn't mean it's not good. <clears throat> no, I was probably. Let's see. I was in cabin three. I guess I don't know. Cab- was it a Christian camp? N- well, it w- it wasn't a Christian camp, but they did have church on Sundays and stuff. Uh-huh. But it was cool. I mean, it wasn't like they were like beating you over the head with it was a gr- I went to that camp and became a can- counselor at that camp. This is Camp Pinnacle in North Carolina and I went to that camp since I was like probably 9 or 10 and just kept going back every summer. That stuff's good for kids, man. Getting away from home, hanging out with like other people, being outdoors. And I think this camp now, I think Camp Pinnacle now that won't let kids keep cell phones there. So when you come, the kids have to put you have to give up your phone. Wow. That's interesting. Cool. That's probably good for some kids. I went to a camp that was not good for kids. It was dangerous. It was a bunch of little criminals. <laughs> I went to, uh, it was Jamaica Plain, which was a kind of a sketchy area yeah. uh, in Boston. And it was the Boy Scout troop. We went uh, to New Hampshire for two weeks. Kids were tying kids up and taking their fucking cots and leaving them in the woods. Because oh. it was pitch black at night. They tried to do it to me too, but I woke up fucking yelled at them and people would pour toothpaste all over everyone's clothes like it was like very fucking sketchy yeah that's like, awful it was a little criminal camp so I would just disappear every day and go fishing I didn't do any of the activities I just got the fuck out of there I remember a bullet ricocheted by me once it was only a 22 but there was a shooting range someone hit a rock and a bullet fucking <laughs> like we heard the bullet what the fuck is that and someone goes it's a ricochet I was like a fucking ricochet like, can we get hit by bullets? We can get hit by bullets. And they're like, no one can get hit by bullets. I'm like, I am so fucking out of here. And so every morning I would just take off and go fishing. So for uh, two weeks I went fishing and they didn't even know I was gone. Like they barely paid attention. <laughs> I went to band camp. Oh, that you place did? was ruthless, man. Like day, I was a freshman in high school. Day one, they're like, I'll f- 
like on your way in, you know, you're getting all these warnings. Like, you know, every freshman gets their underwear ripped right out of their pants Ugh. by the seniors. God. They're gonna raid your cabins. Did your parents? It was not scary. Check I was like, I, I was hiding under the cab under the bunk, and uh, one of the guys was uh, sympathetic to me. He let me go. Really? Wow. Yeah. So they were trying to do that, though. They were trying to pull everybody. I think I was like extra out. small. They're like, we can't pick on this kid. Damn, that's a good way to get stabbed. Somebody gets really mad at you. Fucking, you can pull underwear on the wrong kid, and he waits till you're asleep and sticks a fork yeah, up your ass. Exactly. Yeah. People are so gross. The fact that that you give like uh, that—that's an obvious supervision issue. Like, you can't just leave older kids with younger kids. There's too much of a tendency to bully. Right. You just can't, you don't know those kids. And these are young kids. You're, like, trusting some f- fucking 11-year-old around some 16-year-old. Like, don't do that. Like, you don't... You, there's always one cunthead 16-year-old that's going to do stupid shit to kids. And if your 11-year-old son is around some 16-year-old boys, they're probably going to smack him around or do something fucked to him. You know, it's just, it's a bad supervision issue. Yeah, that is all it is. That's yeah. all it is. And when I was there, I was 11 uh, in Florida, or in, um, in Jamaica <coughs> Plain, rather. I was like 11 or 12. Because I had moved, I lived in Florida from um, 11, oh, actually 13. I was probably 13. Because I lived in Florida from 11 to 13. And when I was 13 is when I lived in Jamaica Plain. So that's definitely how old I was. And, you know, these kids were like 17. There was like some, some kids that were like Eagle Scouts that were older. And for them, it was like this wild vacation thing. They would get away and just fucking, you know, torture kids. They'd get crazy, yeah. shoot rocks and stuff. And that sucks. It was fucking sketchy as hell, man. Because there wasn't that many like people running it. Like you looked around, how many kids there were, and you looked at how many counselors there were. It's like, whoa, there's like fucking twenty kids for each person. That's Isn't Boy Scouts kind of like militant about like? Barely. They really? just don't want gays. It's all to keep the gays out and just fucking have at it. Well, at least what with a camp that I went to. I mean, they had some things that you did, like you met for breakfast, and you know they had right. activities that you were supposed to be doing. But I wasn't fucking doing. I thought shit. that was like about keeping people in line, like Scouts Honor and nope. all that stuff. Not at night, man. That guy goes to sleep, and those fucking <laughs> kids are running around tying people up. I mean, that was just reality. Oh, shit. It was it was fucking dangerous. You want to send your kid to a camp that's old. That's the idea. Like finding because there's some camps that are old like this camp was i think it was it was 80 or 100 years old it had been around for a while like and they knew how to do it many many summers and there's traditions and there's people who'd been there and who's kind of sounds scarier actually old (laughs) i mean it's like some old time shit like joe's old uh camp bohemian grove type shit well no i mean there (laughs) yeah that's what i'm saying like there was a fee there were like there was like you know like there were traditions there. There was like, mm-hmm. I was old and there. It did, you know, who the fuck knows? It did have that. Whenever I look at, I swear to God, when I see videos of the Bohemian Grove, I think of Camp Pinnacle. I always think, I'm like, oh, that's just a summer camp for tyrants. That's what the Bohemian Grove is. It's clearly just a summer camp where you go to if you're an oil billionaire. What is this? Oh, wow, look at what that. What is it? What are they I, doing? I asked Duncan, I don't know. I don't know. That wasn't there when I was there. <laughs> it looks like some sort of wrestling match <laughs> or a game or something. No, that's that's. this is where you would have the kids fight, and the the, the survivor <laughs> gets, takes all. gets to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Teach you about heart. Desire. That's what I'm here. I'm here to make a man out of you, Duncan. <laughs> yeah, my camp, I don't remember what the fuck it was called. I just remember it was in New Hampshire, and at nighttime... Well, it was uh, there was no moon out one night when we were there, and I, I couldn't believe that it could get so dark that you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. You put your hand in front of your face, you literally couldn't see it. Couldn't see it. Wow. It was so dark. 
It was unbelievable how dark it got at night. How could you see the kids you're trying to tie up? That's the problem. These cunts had flashlights. <laughs> these little fuckheads had flashlights. And, the, you know, you'd hear footsteps and flashlights and giggles. And the next thing you know, someone's touching you in the middle of the night. And you're like, get the fuck off me! And scream and yell. And you, get, you had to scream and yell. Because if you just tried to play it, like, play it cool, uh, come on, guys. They'd fucking uh, gag yeah, you. Tie this, you tighter. This yeah. sounds terrible. Man. It was not good. It was not good. It was definitely not good for me. Because being a 13-year-old around 17-year-olds is always sketchy. Dudes are dickheads, you know? Like, especially if you give them uh, enough leeway, you give them enough room, they don't know any better, and they're just getting... Especially if they have older brothers that fuck with them. That's a big one, man. That's a real big one. If you run into some kids that have older brothers that beat them up, there's a good chance that they're going to have some pent-up resentment and looking to get theirs in on someone else. Like, that's what they say about abuse. So a lot of kids that abuse their kids, they got abused. And it's just sort of, it just passes on, just generation to generation. Yeah, How do that- you stop that cycle? Yeah, it's a good question. Got to have a third party intervene <clears throat> during their teenage years or something. There's yeah. probably some counseling ways that you could do it, some ways of recognizing what sort of a pattern you've fallen into. You want to look at yourself mm-hmm. if you're an abuser yes. and recognize that you actually are the crest of the wave of the universe and you have a chance to stop this disease that infected you from spreading into infinity. You can stop it. I think that's what it takes. Mm-hmm. Somehow you, the, the people who are doing it have to wake up to the fact that they can actually transform everything if they just stop this terrible flow of shit that's been going through from like just some asshole 200 years ago mm-hmm. punched his kid. And then that kid punched his kid, and that kid punched his kid. It's like an echo of this shithead's punch traveling through someone time. Someone started a punch. Someone could block it. Yeah. We didn't start punching our wives, but we can stop. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, for, for sure this is a, a very unique time in that we're really aware of the repercussions of all this stuff. And the recidivism repercussions and the fact that it translates from one generation to the yeah. next. We're aware of that, I think, more than ever before. And there's more of a backlash against it than ever before. I mean, you could clearly see that just about <clears throat> abuse in movies. How about like abuse of, of women? It used to be normal for a, the lead of a movie to smack a woman in the face. And it was okay. It was yeah. like a man. He's a man's man. Get a hold of yourself. Right in the kisser. I think Louis. Smack C- her again. Louis C.K.'s like opening monologue on SNL. One of the things he said was like, "There is a you know an article of clothing, like a wife beater shirt. There's a cl- article of clothing that's just based <laughs> on beating <laughs> your wife. Isn't that offensive? Like you could just say that. No one cares. That that's is crazy. Yeah. I never even thought of that. It's it, so true. It's, yeah, it's cra- it is crazy, man. But you know, like what I. Like sometimes what the fuck I- <laughs> a wife beater yeah. t-shirt. You also got the boxer. A lot of violent clothing. Oh yeah, boxer briefs. Yeah, but they just look like boxer shorts. Yeah. That's why. Wife beater. It's like wife beater's associated- way crazy. I know, I know. I just a pun. Um it would have been good if you started with boxer <laughs> and then we worked up to yeah. to wife beater. To wife yeah. beater. Wife beater's definitely the closer though. The 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 <laughs> You know when you're like sometimes you'll find yourself habitually being an asshole like sometimes like i'll I'll find myself like being an a, a, a jerk to someone like and and then i in my my mind will register 
oh, I'm acting like my mom right now. And like my mom Whoa. was, you know what I mean? Like, oh shit, oh shit. This is a habit I picked up from somebody else that I'm perp- that I'm pushing through time. See, and the idea is like when you recognize, it's not everyone, of course. It's not all just violence and punching people. It's not all, sometimes it's not so overt. Sometimes the thing you're doing is just mildly cunty. You know what I mean? But it's still something you learned from someone who is mildly cunty to you. It's like you could stop that. You can actually stop that by going against the habit. Because sometimes you'll realize I'm being this way for no reason, but I still want to be this way because I feel comfortable acting this way. You know, it just it's just a habit. It's just a comfortable habit. Don't I don't think, think they feel just... comfortable. I think they just feel they don't know how to not feel like that or how to change. Right, stop they're trapped. Th- they, they're trapped. Trapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the word, right? It is trapped. I mean, that's really what it is. Trapped. If you're, you're in a, like a gambling thing. Like you ever met a guy who's got a real gambling thing? It's like they're they're trapped in this pattern of thinking. Because yeah. that whatever rush they get out of that is like undeniable. And some people they get trapped in like almost seeking this rush of anger, or this rush of you know being yeah. perturbed or just getting fucking frustrated at things. And then they fall into that pattern and they just get trapped there. But I think we we know that now more so than ever before. And it's like the lessons, like you and I for sure learn something from what our parents did wrong. We certainly learned something from what our parents did right, yeah. but we definitely also learned something f- from what our parents did wrong. And I think our children, my children, you if you ever have children, are going to hopefully learn from shit that I do wrong too. Like things that affected them that I said to them that maybe I shouldn't have said that they're going to they're going to compartmentalize. They're going to think about it more when they have a kid. They're going to be one step ahead of me, you know. Right. Hopefully, I mean I'm doing my best. But we're just human beings, and the, the process is ongoing. And culture is evolving along with generation to generations learning all these lessons. Yeah. I mean, our actual human culture is just way more advanced and way more sensitive than it was in the 1950s. That's right. why you could have a movie where the lead guy smacks a woman in the mouth. Get a hold of yourself. Smack. Smack. Whereas the guy today would go, hey, you know, this is not necessary. Just relax. We're going to get through this. Right. Let's just talk about why you're upset. Like that's what a normal person would do. Like you don't have to hit her. You don't have to like, get a hold of yourself. Smack. That is so smack. weird. That used to be like a cure. Like yeah. smacking was a <gasps> cure. <gasps> and then you fucked the shit out of her because that's what she really wanted. She wanted you to just show you care. Yeah. Just give her a couple of fucking knuckles across the mouth. A little bit of blood, just a little, just enough to get her hot when you're kissing her. Woo. Wow. People were nuts back then. <laughs> they were then. crazy. They were barbarians. They were basically just. Less than a hundred years removed from riding fucking horses around. What did you expect? You know? What did anybody expect from those fucking monkeys? They were apes. Remember when Barbara Walters got Sean Connery to talk about smacking mm-hmm. women? Yeah. Yeah. And he said it in this really like it, it like went- play that, Jamie. Because it's brilliant. I mean, it's it's incredible. The way I mean, he has just got this no nonsense approach to the pimp hand. And Barbara Walters tried to like check him on it, and and he just fucking owned up to it, and and really <laughs> fucked her up, man. Because he kind of let her know that if she got a little crazy, he might smack her. She got scared. There was a, there was something to it, man. There was something behind it. It was. Not the worst thing to slap a woman now and then, as I remember, you said you don't do it with a clenched fist. It's better to do it with an open hand. Look how she's looking away, yeah. and then she remember turns that? towards yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, remember that. I didn't love that. I haven't changed my opinion. You haven't. No. You think it's good to slap a woman? No, I don't think it's good. You don't think think it's bad? I don't think it's 
that bad. I think that it depends entirely on the circumstances and if it merits it. Yeah. And what merits would merit it? it? Well, if you have tried everything else, <laughs> and women are pretty good at this, that they can't leave it alone. Yeah? They don't they want to have the, the, the last word, and you give them the last, last word, but they're not happy with the last word. They want to say it again and, and get into a really provocative situation. Then I think it's absolutely right. Oh, what would... <laughs> That's the fake one. <laughs> does he Does he elaborate any further than that? I don't. I don't think so. I, I think he just leaves it that. But still, man, Sean Connery gets away with that because he's handsome and he's got that cool accent. But imagine somebody else saying that. Imagine, like Jude Law. Yeah, it's just bad. I mean, ultimately, Sean Connery is just hitting women. He's like, just from an old school era, so it's kind of funny to hear. Him yeah, that's that. why. Because of like Jude Law. I don't know why I'm saying Jude Law again, but he has a proper accent. He's a handsome guy. If he wound up saying that in an interview, it would ruin his career. Yeah, absolutely ruin his career. Like who's a um, a famous movie star today? Who's like a good example? Like Ryan Reynolds? I guess is that so. the handsome guy? I'm not sure who that is who's, one of those who's guys. Ryan, Ryan Seacrest. Imagine if Ryan Seacrest said that. They it, would know he's gay. People would know. They're like, I know what you're doing. <laughs> right? You're is just, he gay? No, nah, I don't think so. No, <laughs> no, no, I don't think he's gay. I think he's a workaholic. Mm. Probably doesn't have time for sex. Okay, this guy, that's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. This handsome bastard. If he said that, if Ryan Reynolds said that sometimes you need to smack a woman, holy shit, would the backlash be extraordinary? Salon.com would dedicate months and months of, of front page articles. Yeah, but what that. about all the sites defending him? None. 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 There'd be none. None. There'd be a few of those fucking men's rights sites. Sean Connery are, fan clubs. A few of those embarrassing men's rights sites where they, they, they write things like, oh, come on, you, why, you went too far, you fucks. You ruined the whole argument. The whole argument is divorce laws, the whole argument. The whole argument is how many guys get fucked over financially. It's so weird Salon.com started attacking Patton Oswald. You know, it's not Salon.com, okay? It's a writer. A writer decided right. that they were going to pick a hot-button topic that didn't necessarily jive or make sense, but they felt like because Patton Oswalt was making fun of someone else's racism by showing, like, this essentially very similar to what Colbert is getting in trouble for. Right. Except Patton Oswalt is a fucking, like, uh, obvious comedian and, obvi and known as a pretty sensitive, aware yeah. guy. Like, the idea that he would say something racist just for the joke. Like, he was... They knew what he was doing, and they decided to go for it anyway. And that's when he attacked them. He lit them up. He should have. He should have. They're gross. Like, there's something about their, uh, their articles, too. If you go to Salon.com, one of the things is almost every article starts with a question. You know? Is, you know, is this the time to reconsider the, the argument of who's funnier, men or women? Question mark. Is this, uh, you know, this is, is this what's wrong with the right? Question mark. You know, like this, it's, it's weird. They're, they're like opinion pieces that represent this article. It just is like, it's, it's amazing. Look at this. Guess, guess what, chicken butt? Does anti-vegan shaming begin in preschool? That's <laughs> 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 <Pat> Noswell. <laughs> Is that their uh, salon articles? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Mr. Show, patriarchal hegemony in sketch show titles. That's uh, the man from Nantucket. Anti-transgender subtext and classic limericks. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Our knock-knock jokes non-inclusive to the homeless salon articles. You dummies. You fucked with the wrong guy. 
Yeah, you did. He you... lit him up. It's, he's right, man. I mean, I, I get angry sometimes. Like the other day they were comparing uh, Tina Fey to, um, to Louis C.K., and like is uh, the the age old argument: who's funnier, men or women? Fuck you, fuck you. Here's what's funnier: funny people. It's not men or women. Right. Like stop. Amy Schumer's hilarious. Louis C.K.'s hilarious. And Tina Fey, by the way, isn't even a stand up. Right. Okay, she's an actress. She's funny. Sure, she's funny on shows. She's funny in a, in movies, but. She's not Louis C.K. Louis C.K. writes his own shit, performs his own shit. It's all his opinions on the world. To right. say that, that there's some sort of a debate, who's funnier, her or him, is completely distorting what the art form is in the first place. Right. It's completely distorting it. Like, you're just looking for a fucking salacious article title. That's all you're doing. I used to think, I, th- I, I thought they were like, it seems like they were much more respected, and now they've gone down this spiral where everyone's just rolling their eyes at them. They'll run out of shit to talk about. Right. Well, you, you know, I mean, it's just ridiculous. It gets to a certain it gets to a certain time when you're covering these same stories over and over and over and over and over and over. This cancel Colbert, cancel Colbert. One fucking joke has merited like seven or eight headlines for for articles from them. Right. Like in the debate, why he needs to make it right. Ma- make it right, Jesus fucking Christ! Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> make a a joke right? I mean, what was his joke? I mean, it was so fucking. First of all, he's a character. Right. He's a right-wing, ridiculous character that says dumb shit. Yeah. Tongue-in-cheek every fucking step of the way. Who was it offensive to? Which Asian people. I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up right now so we can see what the fucking Colbert controversy... I'll, I'll pull it up. But people are asking, like, hashtagging, hashtagging <laughs> cancel Colbert because of a <laughs> fucking joke. Okay, here's the... Uh, Here's the, and he's apparently responded to it, but let's find out what how the many, fuck the actual how many people did respond to it. Did that hashtag funny too? Oh, I don't know, but they're all gross. I don't know how many I'm people. I was wondering did how it. big if it's an actual big, you know. No, it's pretty movement. Big. Is it? You can scan through it, and it's not just cancel Colbert. There's like it's just like that. It's like a place where all the outraged people have gone to express their outrage. Just they're pissed about anything, and they'll just hashtag. People are Colbert. outraged right now. All right, man. here's here's what they said. Okay. It all began Thursday evening when the Colbert Report's Twitter account, by the way, which wasn't even him, wasn't even him that wrote that, it was someone that handles the Colbert account. It's not, it's not Stephen Colbert. Quoted a joke from a segment on Wednesday's episode. So they quoted a joke from a segment. So they took it out of context, and that's where the outrage came. Quoted a joke from a segment that uh, aired that mocked Washington Redskins owner Dan Schneider for setting up a charity to aid Native Americans in lieu of changing the team's name. The original bit, Colbert said he was inspired by Schneider to start his own charity called the Ching Chong Ding Dong Foundation for Sensitivity to Orientals or whatever. That's in response to a guy who runs a team called the Washington Redskins, which is an anti-Native American slur, yeah. making a charity for, for, for Native Americans without changing the name. Like there's, there's a whole context to that joke. I mean, he's not saying that there should be a Ching Chong Ding Dong Foundation. He's mocking the racism of a guy whose team is called a racist name, donating without changing the name. I mean, it's so obvious, but Salon has had like seven fucking articles about it. Some supportive, but some that say he needs to make it right. Maybe you just cannot put... That string of words together in any context ever, but I mean, Ching Chong, whatever he said. I think that's exactly what they're saying. You can't say Ching Chong. You can't say that. That's the N word. 
It's hilarious. I mean, to, 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 to try to censor contact, content that much, that you're taking things completely out of context, completely out of the, the meaning behind it. Context is the reason why language exists in the first place. It's everything. To be able to expand past really simple things like eat, fuck, shit, you need context. To, ha- to have a goddamn language and communicate each other, we have to recognize subtleties. Yes. And when you pretend they don't exist, that's when you get assholes, sanctimonious fuckheads who get crazy about jokes. That's when you get people dedicating days and days of their life to something that fucking, that Tracy Morgan says about stabbing right. his gay son. They're crazy. Everything is taken completely out of context, and everything is something that r- r- warrants cancellation. You need to be shamed. You need to be removed. There's these oversensitive fucking morons. It's weird how what you're expressing right now is you're offended. Mm-hmm. They offend you. That's what's interesting is it's like they th- what they are doing is so much more offensive than the thing they are offended by. Yes. The way they're expressing themselves is so vile and disgusting that it makes whatever Tracy Morgan said or Patton Oswald said or Colbert say just seem like seem so tiny compared to what they are, which is they're like embryonic fascists. If you gave them power and they grew out of control, if that whoever's like running the show at Salon met whoever's running the cancel Colbert and somehow they took power. Imagine what kind of world we'd be living oh, in. Oh God, if you, you they could decide what gets on these comedy shows, these yeah. satire shows, yeah. what you can and can't get away with, how many transgenders need to be represented, how many fucking gay people need to be represented, how many fucking straight white males yeah. need to be made fun of along with straight white females. I mean, is it going to be a, a, a chart where everything's graphed and made sure it's completely even across the board? That's not life, man. Maybe they'll find something new to be pissed off about because that's really what they love is being pissed off about stuff. Oh, they'd, re- they'd realize that they've well, lost it, their love. Which is the outrage. problem is it's, when you say they, it's writers. It's writers that they're attracting. It's not necessarily logical people. It's not necessarily like representative of the, the organization itself. They're individual writers who produce something and then somebody greenlights it. But at a certain point in time, you're doing more harm than good because you're so easy to mock. Like If right. you're like super left-wing, when you get that far out on a fucking limb and you want to cancel Colbert... Colbert about a, a really obvious joke like that. You're fucking up everything because you're you're making yourself look unbelievably silly. Right. Like I know you feel right, and I, I know that you have this righteous indignation behind what you're doing, and you feel like the the people need to no. You need to realize the harm that your words say. You need to realize that there's humor, okay? And humor, people get hurt. People oh, hiding hurt. by you're a bigot hiding behind the mask of a comedian. People get hurt. People get hurt from jokes. And guess what? If you get hurt from jokes, you're supposed to get hurt from those jokes. If you can't make fun of something about yourself, that means that you haven't acknowledged that something about yourself that may or may not be hilarious. And there's a big difference between someone saying something unbelievably cruel and evil and someone saying something where they're poking at you and laughing. And obviously, he was doing that. Obviously, he was poking at the Washington Redskins guy and laughing. And to deny that, it's just, it fucks up the whole argument. It, fu- it clouds the water with shitheads. Yeah, it's strange to see Salon.com in some way, like, converging with Nancy Grace. It's, <laughs> it's, in some way, right? Yeah, like, they're meeting. Somehow Salon has, like, put itself in this, ter- or whoever the writers are, has put themselves in that awful position where it's like, oh, shit, 
I'm Nancy Grace and I are we're like singing the same song. And it's not all that. There's a lot of great articles on there. I still sure. go there because they have a lot of great articles. It's just sometimes they just go out of line. That's why you need a good editor, man, because you let a few writers fucking throw stuff out there and mm-hmm. you do serious damage to your uh, website or magazine. Like, you can really fuck your shit up. Well, you could develop a reputation. You yeah. could develop a bad reputation, like a rep- reputation for being ridiculous. Yeah, like if that. Patton Oswald is attacking you... Is it for fun (laughs) and people are looking forward to it? And it rings true. That's the problem is it rings true what he's saying. Yeah. You read those titles. They're all, I mean, those are great moxalon.com titles. They're great. You know, but look, if you go to, so like, I get an email from them every day, and there's some great things, like the, the thing with Jon Stewart mocking CNN for its continued coverage. They've got that. They've got um, a, an interesting thing on Chris Christie, like the governor's talking about. Yeah, they're about, not all bad. They're not all bad at all, you know? Not all bad at all, but... Yeah, a friend of mine hated Vice for a while. He's mm-hmm. like, fuck that magazine. Cause, because one article that he was offended by that came out five years ago. But, I mean... Yeah, you can't blame the whole organization because one thing fucked up. Right. Well, there's yeah. there's definitely been some articles that I didn't like that Vice did, and I love those guys. I saw it's one just... the other day that made me laugh. It was what was the, it? The, the liquid lap dance diapers. What? Yeah, they no. have these diapers that people can wear, and you fill it with lube, and you go get your lap dance, and you jizz in your pants. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. My and, friend, and like one of the one of the you know the whoever wrote it like wore them and went to a strip club. Now that's journalism. That's real there it journalism. is. I wore a spandex diaper to a strip club so I could come while receiving a lap dance. <laughs> that is hilarious. That's a great article. Oh, I had a friend. That's that the kind was, of journalism I want. That's a smart way of doing Me it. Me too. I had a friend who did it. Um, that wait a minute. That's a gay strip club. Back up. But they're for, I tried it out I mean, at a gay marketed, strip club. Their market. <laughs> I think the writer just happened to be gay. Yeah, we got a problem here. This is a very, very different kind of lap dance they're receiving. I didn't it's know a that that happened to gay strip clubs. Well, now you know. I have a friend who used to uh, <laughs> he used to shave his cock and balls, and he used to take those nylon jogging pants and he would run sandpaper on them until like you could like hold it up to the light and see how many fingers he had up, and then he would lube up his cock and balls all shaved down, and he would put the really super thin like almost transparent jogging pants on, put a long shirt over it, and go to a strip club and get lap dances, and he would call it shooting. I'd go shooting. And one time he fucked up. I guess he put too much lube on, and the girl sat on him. And was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and, he's, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, sorry." And he just gave her money and ran. He uh. said, "I was so embarrassed. I ran out of there." He said, "But before he had been getting away with it, like girls had gotten. They were like, okay, they had climbed on it and and oh, made man. him come in his pants." And he said it was amazing. It was like a legal way to get hand jobs. It's just thinking about like the lead up to that. It's like, <laughs> how many times do you have to push down the thought I've gone insane. Maybe he he, like he invented those diapers because that's a good. I think someone. I think he may have. He was an entrepreneur. I know exactly. There's already what a market for. It. Yeah, maybe it's possible. The diapers a good move. It's better. Yeah. It's more contained. But you know. But if you're sli- if you know you're at home, you're like, you know what? I'm going to slide on my lubed up diapers and go get a <laughs> lap dance. It's like you got to stop for a second. It's like t- you got to think because like if I was doing that, it would uh, alarm bells would be going off. Like you've lost it, man. This is it. You start is it. wearing them to every everywhere because like you would you're always wearing a lubed up diaper because you would. You'd start liking it. You'd yeah. start liking the weird sticky <laughs> feel of the lube. That would you'd- be your thing. <laughs> no more girlfriends. Maybe just be the only way yeah. you could come. You'd be in the middle of having sex. You're like, do you. You mind if I put the diaper on? And you, <laughs> your, your woman would be like, what the fuck, man? Really? You want to not have sex so you can put a diaper on? 
There's guys that get so into jerking off that they can't come any other way. Yeah, like, I've heard they have about to that. come jerking off. Man, it's bad. We've got a problem here, and the problem is that 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 hand jobs are illegal at massage parlors. Let's face it: if guys have gotten to the point where they got to put on lubed up diapers to go to to, to to feel a human touch, to feel like an orgasm induced by another person, we've got to look at our laws. You've got to like look at it. This is repression, man. It shouldn't yeah. have gotten to the. This it's, is like when the pigs go crazy in the cages and chew their feet off, man. You, it's some ancient fucking. Puritan bullshit because the idea that someone should be able to do something completely free and it's absolutely legal, encouraged, and it's a foundation of our advertising. Selling sex is like almost everything we sell, we sell it with sex. How many cars have to have a woman's fantastic legs draped over the hood? How many times have you, you know, watched some sort of commercial and there's a hot woman promoting something? What's going on there? They're, se- they're, they're saying you want sex. You can get sex for free, but as soon as you give someone money for sex, that's against the law, and yeah. everyone can be locked in a cage for something that doesn't hurt anybody. It's completely legal if it's free. Or so, if there's a camera involved filming it. That's true, too. Yeah, you can, that's the time. fucked up part. I think you, you have to get it. permits, though, now. I think they have permits. You probably have to get a permit. You probably have some sort of permit. Maybe not for the internet. Well, I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass. But the bottom line is, it's fucking sex. It's not like beating someone up. Imagine if you like had really poor people and you paid them to just you could beat the fuck out of them and they couldn't fight back. Yeah. You just I just want to beat the fuck out of somebody, man. I can't beat the fuck out of anybody because it's illegal. So you go to some warehouse and they give you some poor immigrant that could barely feed himself yeah. and you just beat the shit out of him. And the doctor comes in and stops it before the guy dies. And then you put this guy like in the hospital and his face is all fucked up. But you give him like five grand. And then hey, in a couple of weeks he's going to be healed up and that five grand is going to come in handy. And now he's going to pay for his green card and be able to Jesus. get over it. I mean, that's a possibility, man. That's a fucking real possibility that someone could engineer something like that. You like know, if they if what? Well, if someone just decides. Someone just decides. Like, hey, man, you know, I know there's a lot of people that would love to beat the fuck out of someone. Oh, like, but test it won't out be- your martial arts skills, and the guy can't hit back. You just I bet get that's to what the salon ass. writer who attacked Colbert does on the weekends. <laughs> he takes the hits. <laughs> no, it's the opposite goes, of he- Fight Club. <laughs> instead of putting yourself at risk, it's just b- beat up club. That's fucked up. Yeah, that's exactly, man. That's like a sick fucked up thing. But like, when you get a massage. It does kind of seem like a hand job is like a natural conclusion to a massage. Well, you're they're rubbing your feet. They're rubbing your feet, your Someone body, you're so your relaxed. Starts doing your toes, it's almost sexual. It, it's squeezing your ass. That's a big yeah. one. They're always rubbing your ass. It's erogenous. Mm-hmm. Remember that shit that happened with supposedly happened with Travolta? Yes. He got banned from a hotel because he would yeah. always try to get the masseuse to He'd arch his back up in the air and He'd arch his stick his back. ass up in their face. Ah. I don't know if that's real. I don't know if it's real either. It's a funny story though. <laughs> Hilarious story. Probably not real. Look, I'm massages, love Travolta loves Scientology. It's massages feel good everywhere. Your head it feels good to get your head massaged. You know they rub your head sometimes hard with your fingers. It feels great. Yeah. Why can't they rub your dick? That's oh no, it's a danger zone. Highway to the danger zone. You can't touch it. Pull that fucking towel open. <gasps> what have we done? And you <laughs> have if to. If he comes, we go to jail. I wonder what percentage of massage massaged men have boners when they're getting massaged. Eighty. <laughs> because I don't think I can. I don't get massages because I'm worried that I'm going to feel awkward the whole time, just like. 
worried that I have a boner. What are you, communist? Go get your get jerked off. You need to talk to Brian Redman. <laughs> yeah, he'll hook you up with rub maps. He knows he knows where to go. He's gone beyond. Rub I've heard maps. about that. I've heard about that. Brian Brian has gone beyond. Brian He's the knows. Guru. Yeah, Brian knows like some pretty dark dark places. He's the guru when it comes to finding spots where you can get your dick sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but it's illegal. It's so stupid that it's illegal. It's it's legal to have sex. It's legal if you went outside right now, walked out this door, went to the door next door, went to the next office building, and said, uh, "Hey, uh, who wants to fuck?" And some girl goes, "I'm off work, and this is my office. Let's fuck." That's totally legal. You go in there, shut that door, lock it. Yeah. No one can stop you. But if you walked in and said, "Hey, uh, I'm willing to give someone a thousand dollars if they fuck me." And some girl's like, I could use $1,000, but I don't want to go to jail. Shit. Okay, let's do it, but shut up. Get in here. And then the cops break down the door. People are fucking for money. Bang. Get on the floor. Did you exchange cash? You did. You're both going to a fucking cage. They could put you wow. in a cage. Yeah, but if I went over there and said that, who wants to fuck? There'll probably be cops involved anyway if I just went. <laughs> <laughs> You never know. What if you looked like Ryan Reynolds? If you looked like Ryan, that Ryan Reynolds cat yeah. and you walked into an office building and just said, who wants to fuck? And uh, maybe if you walked up to, like, one specific girl, like, maybe there's this one, everybody has, there's this one girl at almost every office building. If there's an office building that has ten floors, there's one super slut in there. There's one. You just gotta find her. I mean, right. she's, she might be totally undercover, just a normal-looking secretary, but she's got that fucking little hint of crazy <laughs> in her eyes. And if Ryan Reynolds walked in looking like that, with his shirt open for some reason, and said, who wants a fuck? That girl would be there. She'd be there, and she'd be ready to throw down. We have to film this hidden camera show. Just send me into an office building. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're going to get killed. You'll get shot. People uh, security. Guns. It's easy to get <laughs> a gun. Sir? Sir? <laughs> it's too easy to get a gun in LA. You don't want to do that. How man. many infinite universes would happen till I, did get la- till I did get laid? <laughs> How many office buildings? I think it happened. Not even one. I would do like 400 buildings until finally. You'd get laid every time. Eventually. <laughs> You'd be just surprised. Take... I just got to get good at the cell. That cell DJ Doug Pound supports <laughs> rape culture live on Salive.com. Yeah. Salon.com would just, uh, they would dedicate, like, to your show. This show supports rape culture because it makes women Because think I said, that who wants okay. to fuck? Yeah, because you make women think that it's okay for some threatening man to just show up at the workplace <laughs> not and start, He's not threatening. start <laughs> threatening with his penis. He wants to use his penis. He's letting everyone know. We don't want to know that you want to use your penis. Attention, attention. I'm, I want to use my penis in this office. It's sad. Is anyone that... interested? <laughs> but it is sad how that could really almost be a show. It'd be pretty hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Send Doug to the zoo. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's hilarious and sad. That could be a show. It'd be a good show. Just Doug Just walking into spots and trying to fuck. Can we call the show would, hilarious and sad? Some people would beat your ass. Some sometimes would throw it'd shit work. at you, and every now and then you just get laid. Ugh. But you'd have to film the whole season before anybody knew that about one, it. Finally, to get that one yes. It'd be like an Ollie G thing. I don't think you'd get. I think you'd get many yeses. I think you'd be amazed. I think if you did t- just took a chance, I think there's a lot of people out there, men and women. You probably get a lot of men who fuck you. You too. have to do both. Yeah, you got to do both for the show to be I good. It's just a wide even. net. It's whoever says yes is who you. That's the other part of the show. Is the first person to say yes. That's who you've got to be with. It doesn't matter. I would say game show. Once they say yes, I'm like, you win a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. No, you gotta. You gotta. Maybe. Uh, Maybe that's the move. We gotta re- re- reward slutty. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's it. If a girl says <laughs> yes. yes and you oh, then do she's actually a have sex with oh, her. Oh, shit. Never mind. No, no, no. It's a reward. She won. It's a reward. She won for being the biggest yeah. whore. 
Now we're slut shaming. <laughs> we'll never go away. Slut shaming. Oh, we fucked up again. I'm so sorry. I do. You know what? No, man? that's slut upping. I got. We're say, giving her money. Here we go. I'm going to say something very unpopular. Okay. I don't like the word slut. Yeah, I don't like it either. Well, it implies that there's something wrong with a woman having sex. Yeah, I think it's a Stupid. fucked up word. I think it's, it's bad. Idiotic. And yeah, I think it's yeah, it's that's it's weird. That is a yeah. word. I just like It's fun to use though. It's fun to use. I call them eight. <laughs> 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 there's nothing wrong with being a promiscuous woman at all. No. Just like there's nothing wrong with being a promiscuous man. Like there was uh do you remember let's let's just call her um uh, waitress number one. Do you remember waitress number one from yes. the comedy store from Boston? Yes. She would always tell stories about banging all these different guys. She would. She was hilarious, and she would tell stories about going out and banging all these guys, and almost always it was <coughs> black guys. And she would just go and 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 not almost always. Well, it was Always. one. It was one joke. I go. When was the last time you fucked a black guy? She was like, "Forever, yo." It was like seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but she would tell us, and we were all friends, so it was it was fun. It was like a guy talking about banging chicks, but it didn't seem nearly as gross. It was actually more humor filled because she was so free about it, and it wasn't. I mean, she was kind of bragging about it, but. It didn't hurt our feelings as men that she's out there fucking men. It hurt my feelings. She was hot, and I could never hook up with her. <laughs> she and like I remember she. Uh, I remember when she's wearing a pair of like really nice jeans, and she told me I fucked the guy for these jeans. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And yeah, I mean, you wouldn't even if you would use the word slut. You didn't mean it in a bad way with her. You know, I think the idea that a woman being <laughs> promiscuous is any different than a man being promiscuous is so stupid. Yeah, it's so stupid. And it it's just, shit. it terrifies, it just terrifies guys who want to be in control to imagine mm -hmm. that a woman can do that without having to feel guilty about it. That's what it yes, is. Yes, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. It's men who are worried about losing control over the woman that they love's body or the idea that even before you guys hooked up, that she had multiple sex partners that will shame him. He's walking around holding her hand and knowing that these guys all saw her naked and had sex with her. Which is, I mean, that's just... Ridiculous. Yeah, and that does happen. I mean, that is the... Of course. What happens. Of course. It, it's a test. The universe is testing. Are you a bitch? Okay? If you freak out about some guy who fucked your girlfriend before you ever even met her, What's you're a bitch. You? Yeah. Because only bitches cling to the past. Especially somebody else's past. Right. Like, what's wrong with you, man? You're freaking out about she. Well, I was going through this this thing in college, and one time I tried a threesome. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. It was these two guys, and it was really fun. I wanted to do it again, but God, I don't want. Then they fight over you, and one guy doesn't like it when you're having sex with the other guy, and it was just too much. That's hilarious if you have that conversation with a chick you're dating. It's yes. kind of revealing. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. But for some guys, like you fucking whore, you let those guys come in you. Ugh. Let this guy fuck your mouth. What about uh, your ass? You let him fuck your ass uh, too? No big deal. Yeah, it's not. It's only like you're gonna get married, and be the mother of my children. It's weird because maybe we, I would be saying the exact same thing, but with a different tone in my voice. Did you let? It, did they fuck your ass? <laughs> <laughs> did you? Ah! Oh wow, really? Oh, what did you do? Did you get off on it? <laughs> yeah. Just, How fun was it? Yeah. Was it the best? What was that like? Yeah. Yeah, man. I th I um. I, yeah, that's a that's a really sad thing. I just feel bad because I think it's like. I mean, imagine if there was a negative connotation associated with guys having sex a lot. Imagine if your whole life was defined not just by like your sex drive, but also by the sense of guilt 
tied in with it where you had to be, you have to, like you, a guy can have sex as much as, as he wants with pretty much zero guilt. But uh, if if a woman does that, there's this sense of like you you're losing the, the value almost right. as though that yes. you're like you know like like you're some kind of like I don't know you're something that's like gradually losing its essence and it's such bullshit and so horrible to 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 think that that you have to deal with that guilt. That's something women yeah. have to deal with and it sucks, man. Their whole life is spent with this like undercurrent of guilt and when when they're with a the guy, even if they don't think it. They've been so conditioned by like what is it like? Uh, uh, you know, like virgins, like the cult of the virgin. The mm. idea that there's power in a virgin or taking a girl's virginity or the untainted flower. Yeah. That bullshit. <laughs> so like every time you're like every time you're having sex, you've been conditioned in some way so that it, it can you feel a little darker than you need to. I'm sure many. I'm sure a lot of people have overcome that guilt, but it's a guilt that guys don't have to deal with. Right. It's a guilt. And yeah. You don't have to go to therapy to be yourself. Right. To satisfy your desires. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I read, a, I saw a, a picture on Twitter where, uh, it was like, w there was two pictures. One was a woman asking and one was an ancient Asian guy, an old Asian guy, wise Zen master replying. Like, why is it when a man has sex with many women, he's a stud, but if a woman does it, she's a slut. And he said, because uh, a key that uh, can op only open up, oh, a key that can open up many locks is a master key, but a lock that works with any key is just a shitty lock. Ah. <laughs> that Zen master sounds like a dick. He's kind of an asshole. He's a, he's a slut shamer. That fucking slut Zen master. shaming. Hey, look, I'm all for it. Salon.com, I'll write an article about sl slut shaming being bad. <sighs> you know what I think, man? I think. What they're doing is they're responding to the injustices of the world that are absolutely real. They're just doing it in a way that I don't agree with. And I think that what would be awesome is if these, these things didn't exist at all. If real sexism, like real sexism, where you judge someone solely on the basis of their gender, not their personality and their gender, which automatically defaults to gender. If you have someone that has a shitty personality, even if they're productive in, in the job, like you don't like their gender. Like if they're a woman, if you have an issue with a woman at work, you could become a woman hater just because by virtue of you having this argument with that one person. I think until like that is resolved in our culture with like whether it's racism, whether it's homophobia, whether it's sexism, you're going to have to deal with backlash even from jokes because right. people are going to automatically want you to stop even joking about things because if you have even those thoughts in your head or you even express those words, you're hurting people. But... You just can't be shrill, man. If you're going to fight the war, don't be, sh you know, like, don't, if you do, there is some yeah. merit in it, but the, if you're going to, like, go into a battle. It's the wrong way of handling yes, it. Yes. Yeah. Use the right strategy, because otherwise you end up doing the exact opposite of what you intended, which is that you come off looking like a moron, and the issue itself begins to seem even more irrelevant. It does seem more irrelevant, especially when you're not using humor and you're talking about humor. Like, you're discussing something in the context, like, as if it was said in court as an affidavit. You know, you're talking about it as if it's policy. You're talking about it as if it's a statement. Like, this is what I believe. Let me sign there. I've thought this through. I've printed it out. These are my views on the matter. No, you're, no, you're, you're manipulating the context in which this is even described. Yeah. Fucking dummies. Dum-dums. Get your shit together, Don't bitch. say dummy. You're pissing up the water. <laughs> Speaking of pissing up the water. Holla.
So how did you get involved with uh, Tim and Eric, and how long have you been doing it for? Uh, about nine years ago, I, I moved out to L.A. Ten years ago, and then nine years ago, I answered a Craigslist ad. I wanted to work on a funny TV show, and I answered one Craigslist ad. Said funny TV show needs an intern. And then <laughs> that was them. That's it. Funny yeah. TV show needs an intern. Or like comedy show. And it turned out to be this cartoon that used to do called Tom Goes to the Mayor. Time Goes to the Mayor. Tom, Tom Goes to the Mayor. What was that on? That was on Adult Swim too. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we did that show, I think three seasons of that. Um, and then they started their sketch show, Tim and Eric, awesome show, great job. And I just been working with those guys for a long time and you started out as an intern and then became a video editor yeah after just a few months because no i already like had a bunch of experience and i br- i just they were kind of understaffed and i just brought in my laptop and i just was like you guys need help i can help doing photoshop stuff or whatever and led to a job did you go to school for video editing i went to film school in chicago columbia college uh and I did do editing there, I guess. Oh, that's cool. So that's a great fucking Hollywood success story. You applied yeah. for an ad, showed up at a show that needed work, added your influence, actually helped it, and launched you. It, Yeah, it was a great... Uh, things kind of lined up. Timing was perfect on that. Well, those are great guys to work with, too, because of their choices. They're so bizarre. You know, but their choices are so unique that you kind of like you get established like really early not to take that cliche path. Whereas if you got like a gig that paid like really well, but you had to do like yeah. My Three Sons or what is that? The Two and a Half Men, whatever the fuck right. it's called. If you had to do something like Just that. It's very cookie cutter. It, well, it, it really, it, it eats on you. It eats on your well, brain. That's, that's what I had been going on when I lived in Chicago. I was editing like commercial, not commercials, but like just like stuff for like. Uh, pub- publicity shit and stuff like really mm. just soul crushing boring stuff i think that's one of the reasons why charlie sheen went fucking crazy like a lot of people think i'm an asshole for saying that what else is new um but i i was talking about i like, mean it makes how sense mundane. Right? yeah because yeah. go- he's probably getting paid so much money to do like the lamest yes totally not challenging yeah not exciting not thrilling there's not, no not creatively rewarding or right. whatever so he gets a little crazy and yeah. so to blow off steam, what does he do? He's just fucking getting cracked out and getting hookers and going nutty. Charlie Sheen, because yeah. of two and a half men. Um, Duncan just got back from peeing. Shh. Mm. I think that's, party, that's partly um, one of the reasons why he flew off the handle. I mean, yeah, he's obviously got addictive personalities. But I think working on a show like that is so soul-sucking. But I think if it was me, I would say, okay, I, I have $100 million. Like, right. I can just do stuff I'm interested in, but maybe he just had no kind of creative angle on, on something. Well, look at the difference between him then and him now on this anger management show. You fucking never hear about him anymore. I mean, he's not going crazy anymore. Right. When it seems to be a better show. I keep hearing good things. Eddie Bravo likes it. He thinks it's hilarious. I, mean, I haven't watched it, but I hear it's funny. Uh-huh. And so he's doing this new show now that is like more creatively refreshing or whatever. Or maybe he just got burnt out. Maybe he did so much coke, he just got to stop. Yeah. He knew it was almost over. Maybe he watched his own interviews and went, whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, son. Whoa, what the fuck was I doing? Oh, my God. Yeah. This how, that's how I roll? What? Uh, and no. he owns a piece of that show, too. So he's making money even when Ashton Kutcher's on it. Yeah. I just don't understand. Like, for me personally, I, would, I wouldn't take a job if I thought I would be doing six months because i just recently got an offer to do it something that went for nine months but it was like it might be something 
I kind of be bored with. Right. I'd rather take you know less money and do less jobs, but just pick the ones that I really love doing. I don't think a lot of times when you get involved in a sitcom, you don't think it's going to be a piece of shit until you're actually working on it. I, right. I was on a p- sitcom. I'm not was. talking about a, a sitcom or anything. I Sitcoms guess. are tricky. They're fucking tricky, man. I was on a sitcom that was a piece of shit, and it started off really good. Uh, it was called Hardball, and these guys, Jeff Martin and Kevin Kern, who wrote for um, The Simpsons, and they wrote for Married with Children, they were really good writers, really funny guys, and Fox didn't think that they could handle it. So they took the show away from them and gave it to this hack from Coach. You know that show Coach? Yeah. This guy, I don't know what he did on Coach, but whatever he did, he fucked up anything that was good. He brutalized the script. He brutalized the the work environment. He just he alienated those guys from their own show and came in and rewrote everything on his yacht. Went to his yacht and rewrote uh, everything. I mean, it was diggity diggity dog shit. It was one of the worst fucking changes from pilot to actual series ever. No one was happy. Everyone was like really, really broken up about it. And then they wound up firing him and then they gave it back to the writers. But it was too late. The show was in a fucking four episode tailspin. We it, it only wound up airing like five or six. But I got to see that happen. I got to see something that was really good where a bunch of Dimwits came in and threw in their two cents and just shit all over it. That seems to happen a lot where, like, the original creator gets, like, kicked off his own show. Yeah. Like, you know, John Chris Falusi, the guy who did Ren and Stimpy? Yeah. He I got that happened off to him. Show? He, like, created this whole show. It was, like, his thing, his complete vision. And then I think they fired him and, like, <laughs> kept doing his show without the creator. Oh, my God. That's so crazy. Harmon. Harmon. Dan Harmon. Yeah. yeah. Similar community, right? They brought him back. Yeah. Well, that's the only way you're going to get that show, dummy. Like the the thing about your show, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, but your show is so obviously you. It's so you have this funny little smile in every episode yeah. where <laughs> you're not the best actor in the world. You're not trying to be, but it's half of what's funny about it is that you are. You know, you're you're going through these incredibly ridiculous scenarios over and over and over yeah. again. And I can recognize that you're, you know, you're enjoying the actual piece while you're a part of it, and it's really fun, man. It's cool. And if somebody Thank came you. in, and fucking started adding to it, you know, especially some suit from Coach, they would just d- dick all over. What it. is this shit? Yeah. What are you showing me right now? This I don't, is horrible. I don't see why it's funny. I mean, I would yeah. love to just keep making these little YouTube shows, then have someone have that situation happen, like yeah, where some network changes it and. I don't know. Well, I think your show ruins um, it in some way. Could probably become so big because it's so good that you, you, they can't do that. I think it's totally possible. I think I, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass again. I think your show is really fucking good, and I think like letting all these people know about it now, you're gonna get like more people downloading it and letting more people know about it on Twitter. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. It's the, the the finding finding it is what's hard sometimes. It's like there's so much good shit out there now. It's hard for people to find stuff. So what? It's y- true. When you have a podcast. It's one of the cool things that you get to be. You get to be like a guy who like shows people some cool stuff that you found and gets to you know yeah. open the door for them. So you oh. you're probably not going to need a network. They'll just fuck it up. They would never let you get away with that. There might be a network that would let him. There might be a network. Out Adult there. Swim maybe. I mean yeah. they let Tim and Eric do their thing. Yeah. What kind of resistance did you guys have ever? Actually, Adult Swim is is pretty cool like that. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of like. Tim and Eric had a lot of freedom to... Obviously. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> the fucking show is so crazy. Yeah, that show was so fun to work on because I would do screwed up edits, like chop things up and like whatever, like kind of make a joke out of it just to show them to so they could, you know, just almost to like 
surprise them, thinking they're going to hate this, but it'll be funny to see them. And then they'd be like, do more of that. You know, they push <laughs> push the weirdness. And the network would be like that too, like make it weirder, which well, is like a great note to get. I found out about you guys uh, from Eddie Bravo. Eddie Bravo, um, like, I don't know if he got it on online or on, is it available online? Like, how could you, there's a DVD available or anything like that? Tim and Eric stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I think at adultswim.com they have like a ton of episodes and... But there's DVDs somewhere. Yeah, it must I be. I, I'm pretty there sure he got DVDs it from the DVDs. Yeah. Because I, I remember him watching like a ton of them in a row and having people over the house to watch them. People that are like, what the fuck are you watching? And like, And they're like, he's like, you got to understand what they're doing. You don't understand what they're doing. And like, he'd have some people and he'd try to show it to them out of context and they just totally wouldn't get it. A lot of people it. get really mad at it. Yeah, <laughs> like, this yeah. is not funny. They get mad that people think it's funny. You yeah, know. that was Eddie got some of those reactions, but he fucking loves that show. God damn, he's always talking about that show. It's just such a weird show. What was the one where they play like I think it was was it Eric that played the guy that was in the um the uh there was a trailer park and he got pregnant? Oh, that was that was for Funny or Die. That was Yeah, the ter- it's called incredible. the Terries. Yeah, the, the Terry. That, that one's intense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so fucking that crazy. Was dark. That yeah. was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah. It was so ridiculous and preposterous and a perfect example of just taking something to this incredibly weird place that you never saw coming. Yeah. It's great. The Terries, it's a good one. Yeah, and and Wareheim does music videos now, like really good music videos. Have you seen what, like? Oh yeah, you should see some of these music videos. Have Eric you ever seen some of the music videos he does? No. Bubble Butt. No. <laughs> Holy! <laughs> you would shit. love Bubble Butt. <laughs> God, you should watch Bubble Butt, man. That's we should pull that. I did up. a music video with Eric um, called Backpacker, Backpacker Bush. Bush. <laughs> Backpacker Bush. Yeah. Backpack or or backpack. Backpacker Bush. Ooh, we we, we were in New that. Zealand and we were at this backpacker bar, and he was. Talking about the the bushes there, and we should make a song, a rap about it. Like if you've been backpacking. <laughs> oh yeah, let's play that, man. I want to see that again. I haven't seen that in a while. It cracked me up. Okay, put on backpacker bush, Jamie. It's true, man. They're bu- it's true though. If you've been in the on the Appalachian Trail and you're just hiking, I'm sure you have a massive bush. Is that what they were talking about? They're yeah. talking about bushes. You'll see. Okay, don't tell me. Let's just watch it. <laughs> For folks at home, why is Doug Benson on there? Skip ad. An ad? For what? He has a show on that channel. Oh. Getting Doug with high, I think, right? Smell up here. It's like a... Wait, you got something else playing. You fucking sap. (laughs) What is that? (laughs) Got a lot of tabs going right now. What is that? Yeah, this takes a little minute. Just, 30, just walks into the club here. There's a giant fat black guy with gold chains on. This looks like a pretty creative and funky place. <laughs> There's gotta be some trimming here for me tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for strange. I'm hunting for slits. I, I, I like to use my tongue. I'm a cunnilingus whiz. I want to please my lovers with my sexy mouth and lips. They always climax when I lick them like this. I, 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 I just won't stop. 
until you come. I can hit the G spot with my long ass. This is something you have to see, man. You have to see how preposterous this is. We're missing so much of it. Yeah, yeah we don't have to play the whole yeah. thing. I just want to. Yeah. Let's not, because otherwise it's just a bad rap. Yeah, it just sounds like a, yeah, it's like the context is that you've got this giant weird rapper in a backpacker bar surrounded by hippies. The opposite place that he'd go to hook up with anyone. Yeah, it's pretty strange. But you got it, yeah, it doesn't, probably doesn't Bubble Bud is another one that I recommend. I would check that out. Yeah, this is not something you should uh, listen to. You should definitely watch it. You gotta watch all these. Yeah, well, that's the beautiful thing about their show. The show is, you know, visually it's so bizarre. There's so much weird shit out now because of that, you know, because that sort of opens up the doors to this absurd sort of style yeah. of, of comedy. I think it's becoming more popular, right? I like that. Yeah, I like that. The fact I like the fact that the internet, like anyone, can have their own thing, and if it goes, if it catches yeah. on, it kind of catches on. Yeah, like we were talking about um, people that were on Twitter that are funny on Twitter. It's very know? democratic, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All it needs is uh, what is this, Jamie? Yeah, let's not play this while we're talking. I won't know what the fuck you're doing. Um, I think it's uh, it's it's beautiful because all it takes is like one person to find it. They send it to someone else. Yes, that person sends, it, and it virally spreads. I mean, so many things that are made by regular folks just virally spread. That don't it doesn't even have to make sense. Like there was there was some people that were not famous at all, and they made some Christmas rap about. Uh, like doing something in their Christmas jammies. It was like the the husband, the wife, and the kids. It's got like fucking thirty million views or something like that. Yeah. It was just totally homemade thing that they did, and it's just people started sending it to each other at work, and then next thing you know, it's this gigantic, huge fucking thing, just a, a freight train running over America, spreading from email to email. It's cool. It's I incredible. did these. I did uh, these videos. Have you ever seen the GI Joe? Uh, voiceover remix videos from no. ten years God, ago. Those are so good, man. Yeah, my me and my friend made the first. Well, it was like really my friend Eric Fensler's idea, but what is he, it? He, they went like uh, viral. They're these little thirty second. You know, the, you know about, about those, right? I knew about this before. I knew you had done it, Doug. Like I, I watched those when I was in. Probably like in my last year of college. It's like late nineties we made them. Oh, it's so before good. YouTube. They revoiced over G.I. Joe commercials, more like what their lips would kind of be saying, but just mixed in with just weird. It's just we it's the same stuff that you do, man. It's just the same Pull some up. God, I don't know. I hope Look it up. translates. You no, those are good translate? to listen to because they're thirty seconds long. <laughs> yeah, they're quick. Okay. All right, what's the like, like, best of like, G.I. Joe, public service announcements. Hey. Oh, you're not my friend. Me, 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 me. I'm just kidding with you. Hey man, who's that weird dude you're talking to, bro? <laughs> My friends are here. Oh, cool. So, let's see you later. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can stop it. Yeah, you have but to I did that this. voice. Who's that weird dude you're talking to, bro? That was you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. You'd have to up. see that. That's another. It's the cartoon, the G.I. Joe cartoon. With different voices over it. Now I kind of remember it. I'm yeah, but we now. did those before YouTube, and we put them. We made like a quick time of them. You know, back in the day, you had to like watch a quick time. What's more important, before YouTube or uh, BC? <laughs> <laughs> That's the new. Let's hit reset on time. Yeah, before <laughs> we're, we're, we are in the year five right now. <laughs> what year are we in? When did, before YouTube is the the new BC, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh huh. 
I mean, it's like, like historical, like for historical weird. reasons. Yeah, we got to hit reset on the clock. That is uh, weird. If you really stop and think about it, the, the ability to distribute information like that in video form never existed before like that. Like yeah. in that sort of a quick and easy term. I mean, it really will have an impact that's similar to a messiah. That is wild. YouTube is the messiah. In a lot of ways. Well, the internet certainly is in a lot of ways, you know? I mean, if the internet wasn't a real thing... And you talked about it, if you were all sitting around a campfire, and you're like, one day there will be a discovery. And the discovery will be that we can communicate our ideas not just through our mouth, but through wireless transmissions that can be picked up on the other side of the world. Wireless? What do you internet mean? Internet could work not just on one continent, but on all continents You'd get tied combined. up at that camp. They would go crazy. <laughs> they they, they get the flashlights out. I they guess. lit that Giordano Bruno guy on fire because he insisted that the universe was infinite. You know, so imagine what the fuck they would do to you if you ever predicted the internet. Oh my god! Is there be- anything that anyone could say right now that they would get thrown in jail for, like about a scientific concept? No, no, like, we're not done. Anymore. We're past that. We're done, except if you're in like some shithole that you know still wants to teach creationism right. and wants to throw you in jail because, yeah. like, there's all these people that are freaking out because of what um, Neil Tyson said on Cosmos. Wait, isn't you pay there attention some- to that? No, they, they they just wanted their. Their counterpoint is what they wanted, Wait, right? They I, wanted yeah. the, also the creationist point of view, too. Well, because he was saying pretty clearly, you know, oh, yeah. that we understand, you know, the creation is kind of ridiculous. I, like, I thought the I biblical read... side of the universe right. is so tiny. What were we saying? What I thought I read that in the Middle East they were going to, that atheism was being criminalized or something, but I don't remember where I saw that in some parts. <laughs> it's of the... probably the CIA just trying to uh, get us excited about right. going over there and fucking things up. Right. <laughs> They don't like atheists. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're not even allowing atheists. So then the liberals have to step in and go, we have to protect the atheist. You know? Right. And Salon.com. Should we invade Syria since they're assaulting atheists? <laughs> <laughs> should, should we now reconsider our invasion to protect atheism? I don't think that would sell as hard as if they were like, you know, blocking Christianity or something. I think that propaganda should be like a crime of the highest order. Yes. Manipulation like that, if that was really true, if someone actually really did do something like that in order to get people excited about war and made up some bullshit about them attacking atheism in order to get support on one side and that knowing that people were going to die because of that. Definitely. That should be tre- yes. It should be treated as like more than capital murder because it's murder of possibly hundreds of thousands if not millions of people. Who knows? Maybe cause You could cause with one engineered conflict you could cause a chain reaction that would cause a nuclear war which maybe ruin the environment forever like the, you should be treated like that right like anyone who instigates war like we were so nonchalant about the idea that they were considering a false flag attack on iran a false flag attack that iran engineered on america right before the end of the bush administration oh, yeah. you guys aware of that yeah, it was something. Is it, is it a known fact? That they I'm were pretty sure. I should probably Google it. But Cheney, let's let's look up Cheney planned false flag. Cheney planned false flag. Iran. Cheney. I think it was pretty much established that they were considering it. I heard he's a nice guy, though. He's the shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, I hear he's like he's hilarious. he's like so cool. Like, well, if, if you're ever having <laughs> you ever have a problems. beer with him, he's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah, the media blackout on Cheney Iran false flag. There's a guy um Google it um Jamie because it's only 4 minutes. There's a guy talking about it. Um I read latest article that you wrote that I found actually most interesting in the article. It hasn't got that much attention, but I want to get your 
uh, take on this. And, and this re relates to a story, or an incident that happened a couple of months ago. Many of you remember it. It was in the Strait of Hormuz. There was an incident where an uh, American carrier almost blew a couple of Iranian speedboats out of the water and perhaps would have started uh, the next war, a war against Iran, or potentially a World War III. Um, and it was averted, thankfully, at the, at the last second. We later learned that um, there was really nothing to be terribly concerned about. The incident was overblown, and that there was a vice admiral uh, in charge of the fleet and in, in, the, in the Strait of Hormuz who said basically there was there was no concern there uh, that it was overblown. Well, yeah, the second part basically he was yeah. concerned, but it yeah, was it was overblown. We were never threatened. We were never threatened. And, and you talk about uh, this gen uh, vice admiral's name is Kevin Cosgrove, and and in your article you write nonetheless Cosgrove's demeanor angered Cheney according to the former senior intelligence official. But a lesson was learned in the incident. The public had supported the idea of retaliation and was even asking why the US didn't do more. The former official said that a few weeks later, a meeting took place in the vice president's office. Quote, the subject was how to create a casus belli between Tehran and Washington, he said. What you're writing there is that Cheney, there was a meeting in the White House where Cheney presided over looking to cook up the next war, a, a false war based on false intelligence. Uh, my oldest son is a uh, lawyer, and when I, I sent him the story before it was published, basically in, in a final form, just a day, and he, he wrote back and he said, you really buried the lead in this one about Casas Belli. Um, huh. I'm impressed here. Anyway, there was a meeting among the among the items, among the items considered and rejected, which is why the New Yorker did not publish it on grounds that it wasn't accepted. One of the items was why not every there was a, a dozen ideas proffered how to how to trigger a war. The one that interested me the most was why don't we build we in our shipyard build four or five Iranian boats that look like Iranian PT boats, put Navy SEALs on them with a lot of arms, and the next time one of our boats goes through the Straits of Hormuz, start a shoot-up. Might cost some lives, and it was rejected because you can't have Americans killing Americans. But that, that's the kind of, that's the level of stuff we were talking about, wow. provocation. Okay. But that was rejected. Holy fuck. That was rejected, <laughs> but the idea that that could ever even be discussed, and you're not talking about the 1960s either, you're talking about the 2000s. Come on, we're just spitballing here. We're just throwing an idea. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the only way to really, <laughs> you gotta be idea. free. You gotta Think be outside free. the box a little hey, bit. Hey, how come you guys are all for fucking freedom with jokes? We can't be free with foreign policy? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. We gotta be creative. We're brainstorming. Man. We're throwing things around, man. <laughs> We're not committed to these things, man. We're fucking free spirits here. And that's the kind of outside the box thinking that got you in that position, dick. He had a fucking fake heart for a while and he didn't even have a pulse. If that's not in the Bible, you tell me what is. A dude who's running it's the military. Just a, it's just a constant. Just blood pumping straight through. You touch him, he doesn't have a pulse. He's dead. Does he's, he have a real pump now? No, now he's, yeah, real heart. He oh. got a heart transplant. He got somebody else's heart. I would have kept Ooh. the fake one. I used to have a joke about I it. I bet how... it's Bin Laden's heart. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that operation was about. 
<laughs> I had a joke about how there was an extra Secret Service agent and everybody else was eating burgers. They gave him tofu and salad. And he was like, what the fuck? And they're like, jog more laps. I don't want fucking, you guys aren't jogging. Just fucking jog more laps. And they followed Cheney no matter what with a, 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 a giant truck that had no markings on it. Like, what's with the truck? Shut up and do more laps. <laughs> and then the moment Cheney dies, they fucking tase this guy, hold him down, gut him like a fish, pull out his beautiful, healthy, tofu-ridden heart, <laughs> open Cheney up, throw him in the back of the uh, truck, and stitch him together. I bet when you open up Cheney's chest cavity, bats fly out. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably like that episode or that the um, scene in the movie The Thing, the John Carpenter movie, where his chest opens up like a giant mouth yeah. and just fucking snaps your arms yeah. off. Yeah. The rib cage is its is a it's its own mouth. Yeah, rib cage. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. The yeah. thing. Yeah, the scene in the thing where the, the guy where they first found out that there was a fucking uh, a monster amongst what them. What a great movie! Oh, it was great. You know, there's a really old thing. It's really kind of interesting. That's the one I'm talking about. I no. don't like the new one as much. No, 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 no. no. So there's, there's three, three of them then? There's three. Yeah, there's one from the 1950s, I oh. believe. It's, I, I think it's the 50s. The, the John Carpenter thing. thing is like a really legit scary movie. That is. Oh, a, yeah. The John Carpenter is great. Uh, hey, man, the new one's not bad either. The new one is not bad. The Thing from Another World, it's called, from 1951. It's based on the yeah. That's story. the original story. Huh. The original story. It's I the did same not thing. Know that. They're out in the cold. It's fucking great because it's not just a movie. It's also a time capsule. Like you, you're watching. Like they didn't know shit about making movies back then. Like the way they yeah. did it was so. Here it is, right here. Look at this. They're still Give figuring out volume. how to scare people with film. From another world. Same font. This is the spot where it was first seen. And these are the first people who saw the thing. This is a Tim and Eric sketch. How did it get here? Where did it come from? What is it? That thing's alive, sir. I saw it. I shot at it. I hit it. I know it. Nothing happened. It just kept coming at me, making a noise like a cat mewing. Captain, it was awful. You could have seen those hands and those eyes. Captain, you've got to do something about it. You've got <laughs> They is smack him just like a woman. You get hysterical. They threw water in their face. <laughs> Two, both of them. Yeah. It's astounding question that not even the world's greatest scientific minds can answer. Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? A being from another world as different from us as one pole from the other. If we can only communicate with it. See? <laughs> In the greenhouse I was working, I couldn't see. Yeah. Then, then a blast of cold air and I heard Olsen scream. Come here. Get in the corner. Now hold well, this in front of you. This won't Stay be in my Netflix flix queue. Oh, it's got to be, man. I'm telling you, you just got to get super big to watch it. Look at the monsters coming. They're going to shoot it. Ah, oh, it's on fire. Ah, it's so stupid. Flames cannot destroy the thing. Oh, my God. Nor bullets kill it. Nor! A story of modern science that challenges imagination. Okay. You can cut it off. It's awesome, though. Really? The full movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I watched it on a plane. I was trapped. There was nowhere to go, so I, I watched it. it was, Movies are always better on a plane. A lot of times. Yeah. It was, uh, it was available. It was for, I was flying to England, and it was a long flight, and they had like a, yeah. a, a pretty good selection of movies that you could rent, or you could watch, rather, and this was one of them. I, I enjoyed the shit out I, of it, man. I, I, am, I was like in tears watching a Jennifer Aniston like rom-com. It made you cry? <laughs> like laughter? Because I was on a plane. No, for some reason, I was, like, connecting uh, with the story no, and, like, watering up. Like, wow. why, what is it about the plane? Is it the oxygen I've or watered up on a plane. You're I've... loopy. You're drunk. 
I should have worn my my diaper. I should have worn my lubricated diaper <laughs> on the plane. <laughs> I watched two Woody Allen movies on a, on a plane. I, I haven't watched Woody Allen movies forever, and I watched two of them on a plane. I've watched Blue Jasmine on a plane, or did I watch it in a hotel room? But I watched um, uh, the other one on a plane, uh, Midnight at Paris. I like that one. It's a good fucking movie, but I would have never sat down and watched that if I wasn't trapped in a seat. Right. It was a really good movie, but it was interesting watching Owen Wilson play Woody Allen. Have you seen it? Yeah, I don't remember. Doing what? Woody Allen. Oh, that's we. Well, I guess I wasn't paying attention when I watched the whole movie. How could you not pay attention to that? I mean, it's like so obvious what he's doing. He's doing his version of Woody Allen. I mean, he is Woody Allen. Woody Allen's too old to do that character anymore. Nobody wants to see him talk about being in love anymore. So he has to have other people sort of play right. him, like as avatars. Right. Owen Wilson is his, essentially his avatar in that movie. It's a trippy movie. It's a really trippy movie. Hmm. He's a weird case, man. Owen? Or no, Woody. Woody. They're both of them. Yeah, I, they're both I, The last lo- long flight I was on, I saw Barry Lyndon. What's that? The Kubrick film. Oh, yeah. It's like four hours long, but I was flying to New Zealand, so I had like all this time to kill. And I, that's like never a film I would ever watch because it's like four hours long. But Barry that's Lyndon. the one that they say that that's one of the ones that spawned the, cool, the man. moon it's... conspiracy. Huh? Because they say that he, so that's he how... wanted to film Candlelight. Without using um, regular lighting, so we needed a special kind of camera to do it. And they say that NASA developed this special lens to film candlelight or something. And then that's the beginning of the conspiracy theory that he traded this lens for well, shooting. Well, he the moon. did. Yeah, he invented his own camera. He, I, I don't know the exact details, but he like took a NASA camera and like put his own special lens on it. Or but something. Barry Lyndon was seventy-five. No, but it was in the setting. You know what I mean? Like he wanted to shoot candlelight. Oh, right, but the movie, the, yeah, the movie, yeah, the movie came after the moon landing. Hey, you Sorry, tell Duncan. me, guys. I didn't write it. I don't know. I didn't. Sixteen between sixty-nine and seventy-two was all the uh, moon missions. We went to the moon, right? We went to Allegedly. the moon in seventy-eight, most likely. But I would say ninety-nine percent. But it would be awesome if that one percent was true. If they really faked it, <laughs> that would be hilarious. I'm, I'm still willing to hold that hope. Do you think one, it would be cooler if they faked person. it, or if they yes. really went there? For sure, faked it. Really? Yeah, yeah. At this point in time. It's even more of an accomplishment. You know, <laughs> yeah. We know that people have been in space. We know that people definitely can go to space. We know that people definitely can go to space stations. That's, all those are huge accomplishments. Going to the moon, for sure, is another huge accomplishment. But faking that they went to the moon is a magnificent display of propaganda. Yeah. If they really did do that, it, it would be incredible. I was convinced for years that they faked it. Man, that's something like, do you ever get that weird ache when you realize like you'll never get to stand on the moon or like you'll never get to stand <laughs> on Mars? That feeling I of like. I don't want to ever stand in those places. Fuck those places, dude. Are you those kidding? Those places suck. Fuck. Do you, no, how dare you? It would be amazing to. Well, I don't know why I said how dare you about <laughs> insulting Mars. <laughs> It would be cool though. It would be so like when or like when you read about Titan and how it's like oceans of methane. Yeah, you can't live on there, son. But it'd be cool. I know. I'm just saying if you were immortal to like see what an ocean of methane looked like. They could make they could send a camera there. I'll watch the footage. They be did. They sent, I'll be happy with that. They did send a camera there. Yeah, bro, I think that's the move from now on. I think it's send drones. a drone to get deep in yeah. and film the yeah. stuff. Don't Until we get so advanced, I mean, we have to get so fucking advanced that we can just go places like instantaneously. Then it'll be exciting, you know. Because like, look, traveling to another country used to be some insane thing that no one did when they had sailboats. I mean, we can't even wrap our head around how distant. 
Australia was 500 years ago. Right. We, we can't. We can't. It's not available to us. The idea isn't even available. We didn't even know. If you were uh, the average person that lived here in America, you have the, the concept of Australia was so alien to you. But now it's, I mean, 20% of the people that you run into have been to Australia. Right. I mean, what, I mean what, of us, at least if you're traveling around with comedians, it's probably even higher than that. I know a lot of people that have been to Australia. I know people, Jim Jeffries, who was on the podcast the other day, he fucking is from Australia, you know? I mean, it's normal. We, we can't even imagine what it's going to be like a thousand years from now when you probably can go to a planet easily, when you can go to space easily. And it probably will be like a thousand years of innovation because I think that the difference between getting out into space and then getting back pretty quickly and actually going somewhere and living like Battlestar Galactica type shit. Yeah. We're probably so fucking far from that. We're so far from that that it's as far as the internet is from people who are riding horses. From the internet is before they invented well, the wheel. Right. I, I think we, the coolest invention would be teleporting. Yeah. If you could just like be in Hawaii right now. Right after this, we'd walk outside and just snap oh. and we're on Kauai. Hawaii would be fucked if they invented teleporting. That would be pretty dope. That would probably ruin the world, wouldn't it? It would be just too much tramp. Everyone would be trampling on the pretty places just teleport to hawaii like if it was an app hawaii just be filled with people yeah can you imagine if you could just instantly go to hawaii anytime you wanted the beautiful thing about hawaii is it takes five hours to get there on a plane that's what's so awesome about it the quickest way to get there is five fucking hours yeah Yeah. that's why it's so awesome did you ever read that stephen king story the uh the jaunt no, what is ever, it? Oh, it's so good. I think it's called The Jaunt. Oh, fuck. It's so good, man. It's like they've invented teleportation. It's somewhere in the future. They have, like, airports for teleportation. But the thing is, they've got to anesthetize you so that you're asleep when you go through. Because if you're awake when you go through, it feels like infinity. It feels like you're floating in blackness for infinity and people come out the other side insane or like, you know, like they've lost their minds because they're gibbering. And That's like, probably how it will be because what would teleportation be? Like disassembling your atoms and then reassembling yeah. them somewhere else or yeah. something? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, is it going to be like some Star Trek type shit? In the story, they say, like, it's a really quick story, so you can barely... It's good. Just read it. This is a little bit of a spoiler, but you should just read it anyway. But they want to know what happens inside the teleportation device because they figure out that if a thing is awake when it comes through the other end, it dies. So they get someone on death row, and they tell (laughs) them, if you go through and tell us what happens in there, we're going to, like, let you off the hook. Your sentence will be forgotten you'll be forgiven guy comes out the other side he's like fucked up and he says it's a long time in there and then he dies (laughs) did you well did you hear about that recent idea that they'd come up with some sort of a chemical treatment that they would give to someone that would allow them to live a thousand years in eight hours yeah be the equivalent of a thousand years in eight hours what yeah exactly some super strong weed (laughs) (laughs) time really slows down i don't know the logic behind it i don't understand it. i've tried to understand what they're what they're saying but the idea being that you would experience the equivalent of a thousand years by yourself in eight hours that would suck because you you can't like read a what would you do you're just like in a state of staring god that that sounds like a great could be a horrifying experience well not only that who's to say that you here prisoners could serve a thousand year sentence in eight hours biotechnology could be used to make prisoners feel as if they were 
serving a thousand-year sentence. Oh my God! Well, the problem is, man. Then those people can really serve those thousand-year sentences. They could. They would. Those people would fucking come out crazy. Yeah, you would come You're out not helping crazy. society with that thousand-year sentence. Like the Bradley Manning situation. They they kept that guy now girl. Um, they kept him in a cell by himself for days, 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 days. Days became years, years, years. Right. No contact with human beings, totally naked and cold. And it w- and then just broke them. Just over time, just broke them, broke them. I mean, the, the, the idea that you could go through years and years of solitary confinement naked and be the same person you were when they brought you in there is ridiculous. There's a lot of people in solitary confinement. I heard some story about it, like on NPR or something, like... They used to do it as like a special punishment, put you in there for, put you in the hole for a little bit. But now it's like people are just permanently in solitary for like years or something. Well, I would the imagine. The only contact that. is like when they get the lunch guy sliding the lunch in. That's fucking crazy. Uh, That's fucking completely crazy. Like the idea that you can do that to a human being. I mean, if you want to do that to a human being, you should be killing that person. Yeah, I would just like rather die than do that. For the rest of your life? The rest of your life by yourself? That's a weird kind of special torture. Yeah, you're just holding them here for some reason. You're like, we're just going to keep you on the edge of infinity for as long as we can. We'll keep you alive. But everything that you know, everything that you have come to understand as being a human being is totally taken away from you outside of the basics. You can eat. You can shit. You can piss and sleep. But that's it. That's it. Yeah, it's you can insane. Do push-ups and burpees. It's, it's the, idea, <laughs> the idea is unbelievably insane. And there's nothing you can do about it. That's just what they do. And to try to change that now, I mean, there's a, there's a goddamn momentous movement. I mean, the, the amount of people that have been put in solitary confinement, the amount of time that's been devoted to this style of torture, they can take you and remove one of the most important aspects of being a human being, human contact, and then just break you, break your mind. How is that helping society by like torturing someone? Uh, Shouldn't we try to <gasps> fix that person? Look at that. There are 80,000 Americans currently held in solitary confinement. What the fuck? Well, what's number three on that list? Solitary confinement was developed as a humane alternative. To what? To shooting them in the face. To waterboarding? They didn't even have waterboarding back then. That's the latest. It, Actually, yeah. waterboarding is an old technique. I is just, it really? Yeah. How old uh, is it? They used, there's reports of them doing it in, uh, I think the, the, the like the late 1800s or World War One or something. This book I'm reading about about World War Two pilots. They were talking about somebody was torturing someone with waterboarding techniques. In kind of makes sense. Philippines. Wow, yeah. it's been around. Solitary scary shit, man. I mean, if you really think that someone's that bad, shouldn't we remove them? We should remove them from society. Like remove them. Period. And if you don't. You gotta, you gotta give them what it is to be human. You gotta let them interact with people. If you don't, I mean, you're, you're not just punishing them. You're torturing them. You're, it's a constant well, torture. It is torture. It's a slow drip. It's, it's, doesn't, it's not solving Anything. a problem. It's making, like, more problems, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, what's going on in Abu Ghraib? Or what's going on, not Abu Ghraib, what's going on in Guantanamo Bay? I mean, what, what, right. what is that kind of torture doing? It's causing more, more terrorists or something? Or? Well, what you were talking about, the last time we were discussing... Chemical we, waterboarding? Yeah, this chemical larium, malaria disease uh, that they give to prisoners. You know about prisoners. that? What? This, there's a drug called larium that my friend took, got complete amnesia. Yeah, yeah. So this drug, larium, they give it to prisoners in Guantanamo Bay in really high doses when they first get there. And 
you know, it has the potential for causing amnesia. And when you have amnesia, that's when someone can really control you because you don't remember who you are. And so someone will just tell you who you are. This is all detainees at Guantanamo Bay. All of them. They're all taking this larium? Defense Department forced all war-on-terror detainees at the Guantanamo Bay prison to take a high dosage of a controversial anti-malarial drug. It's a, the actual term is melfloquine. Melfloquine. Does, does, this, uh, does this effect only have... Only affects a, a certain percentage of people that take it. Well, like only if you're like allergic to it or something. Well, it gives you shitty dreams, minimum. I mean, some people maybe don't have that, but it'll give you shitty dreams. But that's at a regular dose. They're giving these poor bastards huge doses of this stuff. So, I mean, you're already going crazy. You've been kidnapped by, you know, you've been kidnapped by weirdos. A lot of those people were shepherds. You know, they were just out there like doing nothing. They were just farmers and they were in the wrong place at the wrong time swept up without a trial in a black helicopter never see your kids or your family again you get taken to this weird island by these psychopaths who start poisoning you and it's not in america and it's not in america but how do you it's know not in america they're in cuba that's crazy that's in cuba too mm-hmm. it's very crazy and it's called i mean the u.s army public health physician is the one who named it pharmacological waterboarding Wow. There was a U.S. Army physician that, that came up with that term. Pharmacological waterboarding. Because when you have amnesia, you don't remember who you are, and you oh. start believing what people are saying to you. They're like, yes, you were a terrorist. You were involved in... Oh, I thought they would tell them something nice. It's you the, were a like, clown. <laughs> you live, in this, you live in, this, in this room now, this little cement room. Yeah. And that's your home. This is your when, home. They should do that to them. At least be a little, make them feel a little better. It's fucking insane to think about being kid like imagine like just reverse that you're walking down the street you're in culver city a helicopter comes down grabs you carries you away suddenly you're in some weird brick building with people who you can't even understand what they're saying there's a translator with them they're just like telling you what tell us what you did we know what you did where are the rest of the attacks gonna happen well they said that they, they the the premise that they would deliver it to was they say in case these people had malaria but before they would even test them for malaria, yeah. they would give them a dose five times higher than the prophylactic dose giving to individuals to prevent the disease. And that made my friend f- completely forget his past. But did he, he eventually remembers it now. Well, yeah, but it took... Is it a temporary... Well, that, uh, that's you know, what's scary about it, man. Look up Larry... Look what it says there. It was invented by U.S. Army and was routinely given to soldiers deployed overseas. What the hell? Look up Larium's suicide note. There's this famous suicide note by a guy who lost his shit on Larium and then just killed himself. If you really want to, like, see how bad this shit is, this is a really dark, dark thing. Well, they were probably giving it to soldiers to prevent malaria, and then they realized, like, whoa, this this has a very unique property to it. All the best drugs come out of uh, military stuff, right? Like, Only isn't meth from like air, like um, Air Force? Yes. Like, well, keep, not Air Force. It was actually awake. like I think it was Japan and Germany were the first people to come up with it, I believe, or the first people to uh, harness it for military reasons. Did they invent ecstasy f- for the war? MDMA. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> like everyone's on ecstasy. Like, but they certainly awesome. did some experimenting awesome. with it. They also did experimenting with DMT. The way Terrence McKenna first found out about DMT, he knew a guy who worked at the Army Research Lab, and the guy came over with a barrel full of this stuff. 
A Yeesh. barrel. Yeah, he said the army had a barrel of this shit. A barrel of DMT. They had, a, they had synthesized a fucking barrel of this shit. The purest of the pure. Clean, white well, like DMT. One, one micro drop would do it an effect? Well, you'd smoke it, but yeah, he said that they had just an insane supply of this stuff. And, and McKenna was... That was how he was introduced to DMT. It was the army's fucking DMT that got Terrence McKenna high the first time. And then he was like, holy shit. And then he went from there, you know, to become the Terrence McKenna we all knew and loved. Wow. He got high the first time on military-grade DMT? The first time he got high on DMT, it was from the fucking U.S. Army Research Lab Supply. That's Some guy who he used to refer to as the real Terrence McKenna. He knew a guy, like Whoa. many of us do, growing up. This guy was kind of underground, and this is the guy that was the real guy who told him about all this stuff and sort of was his guru. Of all these things. Who is that? Some cat that was a scientist. Holy and McKenna shit. McKenna got a hold of DMT from him for the first time. And, you know, he said that they basically had to hold him down. They like, you know, he just couldn't stop saying, I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe this is real. I cannot like believe it. Like what he's saying or, he or the barrel? What oh. he saw. <laughs> I mean, he had his idea of what drugs were. I mean, he had psychedelic experiences. He had had LSD. He had done morning glory seeds and had some pretty intense visionary experiences. But the description of DMT that's probably the best one that I've ever come up with is mushrooms times a million plus aliens. <laughs> that if you think that mushrooms are crazy, and they are crazy, mushrooms are absolutely mind-blowing, life-changing things. And you think, well, that's about as crazy as it can get. And then you do DMT and you go, oh, wait, this isn't even thinkable. Yeah. I couldn't even have made this up. I can almost imagine mushrooms. Almost, not really, but almost. But then DMT just... And then inside the DMT trips, a lot of times you'll have... It'll show you something that's impossible and it'll show you something a million times more impossible. Like you think you've hit the end. You're like, this is... How could this be? And then... Do you remember these thing. things? That, or do you just remember think, seeing... You remember seeing something that's impossible? DJ Doug Pound wants to get home. <laughs> do you sense it? He's thinking. It's yes. very... Yes. Appealing. So I make it happen. <laughs> I want to see impossible stuff. Um, the best way to remember it is to write it down or to talk about it and record it. But the true memory of it, the true memory, if I had to be completely honest with you, is very fragmented. It's very, um, like there's lessons that I learned for sure. And there's images that I still recall. And there's feelings that I can remember, like being in the middle of it and having f these feelings. But it slips through your fingers. So it's like a super psychedelic dream where you wake up and you're like, what the fuck was that? And then five minutes later, you kind of don't remember. So you're trying to carry the ocean home in your hands. Yes. And you feel, but you, you, but you, but you still feel good from it. It's like somebody whispered the secret of everything into your ear and it's good news. And then you're like, oh. But you can't wow. verbalize it. Yeah. And you can't remember. And you can't, but you just feel after you've done it. It's a Snapchat. It's a snap <laughs> <laughs> Snapchat with God. That's what it is. God sends you a Snapchat. <laughs> that is what it is. It's That's kind a of a Snapchat. That's a great way to put it, man. In a way. Um, and then you have the memory of that pussy in your face. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you just remember. But it's, it's, it's amazing. It's life-changing in a really positive way. Like it's For most people. But I've heard some people have some really horrendous experiences on it, too. Yeah, like that girl. It. Or the girl who did the DMT en en enema. Yeah. And she said she was just like going <laughs> through... 
<laughs> she took it anyway. No, uh, yeah, I want to get her on the podcast, man. Get really? shit out of What's her. What's your name? Neurosoup. She Neuro got a, Soup. a YouTube channel. She was also the girl that was a part of that whole thing with um, that guy that had a uh, MDMA lab in LSD a fucking lab. missile silo. It was an LSD lab. Yeah. Oh, it was her. It was I saw that documentary. Yeah, it was a vice piece. She was the girlfriend. Yes. yes. Oh, it was, she, wasn't that Hamilton Morris? Wasn't that Hamilton yeah, Morris? Yeah, I yeah. Think I think it was Hamilton. So. And it was uh, a vice piece. She was the girlfriend. She was a stripper, and she met this guy who was a drug dealer, and it became this. I mean, it is a wild story. I really want to stop there. I want people to like, not get it from me, just right. get it in its entirety. I highly recommend it. It's really cool. It's really cool. And it's creepy. Really like, creepy. Crazy. Scary. It's kind of like sad that someone could be into these mind-expanding drugs and then be so dark. Yeah. Like, he just took yeah. it to, like, a dark, yeah, evil I mean, sort of place i mean he was a fucking informant for the government i mean it was re it got really crazy a drug dealer became an informant i'm not telling you anymore you got to look it up it's a goddamn great movie it would be a great movie if somebody like did like a yeah. fa just a factual accounts with no fuckery you don't have to doctor it up at all it's it's an amazing account neuro soup is her name on youtube she's got some great videos on youtube and uh her youtube stuff and then her hamilton morris thing i don't remember what the um what Hamilton Morris's title of it was. You can find it. Let people know. But, um, yeah. Look, there's some weird stories out there. People have done some terrible things. Don't put DMT in your asshole. May or do. Well, what happened? I what say was, what's don't. her report? She's, well, still, oh, she's still with us, right? I think what happens when you put DMT in your asshole is probably pretty similar to what happens when you do it intravenously. And the intravenous trips that were reported by uh, Dr. Rick Strassman in the book uh, DMT, The Spirit Molecule, they were very long. They were like, instead of 10 to 15 minutes, which is a normal DMT trip, they were more than a half hour. And um, much more intense, it seemed like, that people got like right to the source. Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia. But yeah, but that's the name of his show. What's the name uh, of the find episode? find a specific episode. I'm There's sure a, a simple Google. But her report was like it wasn't getting to the source. She was like Neurosoup. trapped in these tunnels or something. Crystal. Crystal's the name. K-R-Y-S-T-L-E. Hamilton Morris and Neurosoup. If you just Google that, you'll find it. But Hamilton is a very cool guy, a very interesting guy. He has a lot of really fascinating uh, videos and and articles about um, various psychedelics. He's a very bright guy. He knows a lot about them on top of being just kind of a cool weirdo. You know, he was on the podcast. We fucked up. We got him too high. Got too high. <laughs> he came over. He came over to talk to me about the tank, and we went to the <laughs> he, basement. He, he's, he, he can get too high. He seems like he's just a drug, Dude, drug the whole, man. The whole world can get too high. I got too high. Red Band got too high. We went too deep. We got, we got fucked up. Because it was one, the only other time we did that was we definitely did that with Anthony Bourdain, too. Because <laughs> we were like, fucking Anthony I think Bourdain. I heard that at my house. He seems kind of cool. <laughs> he's very cool. He kind of held his shit together. Yeah, he's very cool. I really love that guy. But we, we just kept going. I kept handing him the joint. He kept talking it. I was like, does this motherfucker even know? Because the people who live in New York, I mean, I knew he's a guy who's experienced a lot of substances, yeah. right? So I knew he'd be fine. But at a certain point in time, the body just has a breakdown. Even Joey Diaz. We had probably seven, eight hits. Mm. And you know where that goes. Yeah. You're talking on a podcast? like, <laughs> Yeah. Good fucking. You might be able to keep it together if you didn't have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> But just managing your thoughts and talking at the same time is fucking it's problematic. Yeah. Have you heard that thing that you can smoke yourself sober? You think that's true? I've heard that. 
But I think people just forget what sober what is. What do you mean, smoke yourself sober? That you're that apparently like in, you're not stoned anymore. Yeah. Or you're in not Mar- drunk anymore. Yeah, you're, oh. it starts triggering a thing in your brain that actually uh, acts as an antidote or something. Like if you get a high enough dose and it starts having a reverse effect. Sounds really? like something. <laughs> yeah, man. Just take. <laughs> yeah, you, you get you get sober, man. <laughs> I wonder. Okay, let's let's Google that. Can you smoke Sork yourself, yourself sober? So, sober? Can you smoke yourself? <laughs> Yeah, it's fucking one of the first things you look up in Google. It's right there. Okay, let's find out. What so, is this, from, Yahoo Answers? Okay, smoking yourself sober is possible. Read here from marijuana.com. So you know <laughs> Sounds like a, it's yeah. got to be legit. Like they sponsor Doug Benson's bathroom. They sponsor everything he does. Uh, I figured out that the cannabinoid receptors in your body absorbed... Oh, what is this word? Who's I? Some fucking guy was really smart, dude. Relax. Okay, this is hilarious because he obviously cut and pasted the word because there's a different font between <laughs> I have figured out the cannabinoid receptors like, in your know, body absorb. Like, look. Look at this. Look. See how that's smaller? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's in a capital letter, smaller than all the rest, and then the font becomes smaller for the rest of the thing. So he copied and pasted it in WordPress. This is one like of those that. articles written by the r- robot that yes. he was talking about. No, this guy would just smoked himself sober when he wrote this article. He, this guy fucked up is what he did, because now I'm not buying your bullshit, son. <laughs> this is the word, anadamide, anadamide, A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-
I just remember having ingested an oh, edible maybe, maybe before coming onto the into the mm. airport area, way outside the airport. I remember nowhere taking, near where nowhere it's near it's, where it's legal. I remember taking an edible in Colorado after the war, way after the war. <laughs> but like Joe, because it's like it's like the UFC, they've hooked him up with these first class. Insane seats. I've n- I still think about it. Like every couple of days, I'll think about that flight just because it was so luxurious. I'd never been in a. You're like flying with the Illuminati. There's like Dutch oil billionaires <laughs> across from you, or act like it's normal. You watch them like take their shoes off and put on new pants. They have like luxury flying clothes that they wear. Pajamas. They, pajamas. They put on their pajamas, and your seat goes all the way back, and it's a big, huge, weird bubble seat that can swirl around. But so. So it's a perfect place to be super high until we hit fucking turbulence. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And when the captain came on and said, this turbulence is probably going to keep up for the rest of the flight. And I'm fucking high, man. Like, scared. Like, you're, I'm just thinking. Why like, would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever, I got I to gotta get drunk at the airport. That's what I do. Because I've been in those turbulent flights where it's like three hours of turbulence. It's the you worst. Just drink, and then you're like, kind of not as terrified. Unfortunately, gentlemen, we're out of time. <laughs> sorry uh, to end on that story. Sorry, sorry yep. to freak everybody out. What else happened, Duncan? Is that the end of the story? <laughs> that's how it goes. Okay. Um, There's no punchline to that. Your It'll show, your show on YouTube. How do people find it again? Pound, Pound House. House. You can go to my website, Doug Pound with two G's dot com, or just go. And Duncan Pound Trussell, thank you, you so it. much for the incense. I'm going to burn some of this in oh, your honor. Thank you, gave sir. it to me the other day. I love the smell of this shit. Not so, jumper. It's so perfect. It's, so be- it's a beautiful way. Can you like chant while we do our uh, podcast sponsors? Home. We want to thank our sponsors. Thanks to Ting. Thanks to go to rogan.ting.com and save 25 bucks off your first phone. Thanks also to onnit.com. Go to O-N-N-I-T. Use the code word Rogan. Save 10% off any and all supplements. Uh, I will be traveling to Miami tomorrow. Oh, so excited. I will be with young Tony Hinchcliffe, and we will be going to the Fillmore, playing at the Jackie Gleason Theater in Miami tomorrow night. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. And then uh, I will be uh, in Baltimore and Orlando by the end of the month. I'm very excited. Uh, those shows are almost sold out, but there's still some tickets left for Miami. Orlando is uh, April 18th. Baltimore is the 25th. Go to JoeRogan.net for tickets. If you want to listen to one of the most awesome podcasts in the history of the universe, then you want to listen to the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. That's available at DuncanTrussell.com. It's also available on iTunes. It's also on Stitcher. The universe wants you to be a part of this. And you want to be a part of the universe, since you already are. How pretentious. Imagine if I said the only way to be a part of the universe is if you pay attention to us. That's pretty ridiculous. But I mean it. So get on it. <laughs> O-N-N-I-T. Use the code word Rogan. Save 10% off. All right, we'll be back next week. Uh, we got a lot of great podcasts coming up next week. Um, I don't even want to tell you who it is, because I want to surprise you with awesomeness. So uh, much love, everybody. See you next weekend. And uh, for everyone... A big hug and a big kiss. Bye-bye.